Hello, everybody. It's been a minute, but we're back to an all brand new episode of Magical Boys. After a very long break, it is I, DJ Kirkland, and I'm joined by my also lovely co-host, Ruben Medina. You know this boy. <laughs> it's me. I'm here. It's here. We're here. He's here. I'm here. We're all, we're all here. It's June. We're queer. <laughs> yeah, it's June. It's hot. Unless and, you're in Atlanta, because yeah. it's October. Because <laughs> that's when we have our Pride Month, because it's too hot in Atlanta to have it. Uh, yeah, I remember when I was living in Atlanta still, and I was like, all the other places are having Pride right now. Why is Atlanta still late? We're like, well, that's because people have literally passed out due to heat exhaustion, because it's too hot in June in Atlanta. Yeah. So our Pride's in October. The only thing that can keep us down is the literal sun. <laughs> and heat of Georgia. <laughs> Well, it might be hot and shitty outside, but we're still fucking queered, loud, and ready to talk about some fucking video games. Oh, so many games. So many games. It's been, there have been so many things that have happened since we've last recorded. Um, I know. We if, never talked about Avengers. We never. There's been so many things. So many things. So um, I guess, uh, real quick, um, what did you think of Avengers Endgame? Oh, yeah, I guess we can, real quick. Um, I really liked it. Yeah, I liked it, too. Like, uh, here's the thing. Like, is it the perfect movie? No. no. Does it have the exact same problem that 90% of superhero movies, especially like Marvel ones have, where the final act is just a big CGI punchy battle fest? Yes. Yeah. And and it could be... And that sucks because I do... I think so many, of those, so many of those movies, even the Marvel ones, do a great job the entire film. But it's like the end has to be this big fight. Um, yeah. Which is fine. But like, that gets boring what i liked about endgame though is that like look as someone who works in narrative stuff and tells stories a lot uh like tying up loose threads of like 19 20 movies 22 films? 22 yeah over a decade and are there plot holes sure was everything like perfectly wrapped up no, no. but the fact that they made that movie feel as fulfilling and they made as many moments in that movie feel like oh wow this is a payoff from the first Captain America. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that they made me, when I was watching that movie, there were moments that made me go, okay, there's no way they had this planned 10 years ago. Right. But did they? Like, there right, were a lot right. of those moments where I was just like, how, I'm really curious, like, how much of this final stuff was planned out, which probably wasn't. But the Russo brothers obviously, like, did a great job of taking all those things and making it feel like that. And A, there's never been anything in cinema like that just ever right. uh, which is a, a feat and they did a really good job with it so was it perfect no but it was also like I think everything I really wanted out of that sort of thing and just a, a fucking spectacle oh yeah absolutely like there was there were moments where I was like trying not to like jump out of my seat because I was so excited about what was happening so it was really cool to kind of see again like a decade's worth of content being wrapped up in a kind of okay package with a bow on top. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was so much fun to watch. And it kind of felt like, I mean, of course there's going to be more Marvel movies and like we're getting um, Spider-Man Far From Home pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like, oh, like it's literally an end of an era. Like it's literally like it's been building up to that point for such a long time. And that moment is over. But I'm interested to see what happens next in this like next this next decade of Marvel films since, you know, we've we've lost certain heroes and we're gaining new ones. So I'll be interested to see what the next, like, big bad 
crazy villain is going to arise in the next however many years or Marvel films to come. What I really loved about it as well was that um, the first act was like that movie didn't take the course I expected it to take. Mm -hmm. That first act was and spoilers for Endgame, uh, I guess at this point, but like that first act where it was like, oh, they take care of Thanos immediately. Yeah. Like that's the beginning of the movie. Um, I wasn't expecting that to be the first act of the film. So I thought that was like really just from a storytelling perspective, a really cool way to go about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I thought the time heist stuff was great. Yep. And fun. Also, basically what it felt like was a bunch of Marvel fan service, which is what it was. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you've been paying attention, we're going to go back to all these movies that you remember from the past decade and like kind of see almost like behind the scenes of mm-hmm. these scenes you already know, which I thought was really smart. Um, it almost read like a fanfic, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I don't like whatever you feel about that movie. I feel like it's hard to not get excited when like the moment everyone started coming back in that final fight. Yeah. When like all the portals started opening oh, yeah. and everyone from Wakanda came back yeah. and fucking Spider-Man swings through a portal um, and all that shit. I was just like, and then like cap Avengers assembles. Like I was just like, Oh yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. When it, when it was that shot, it pans out and you see like all the MCU heroes versus like all of like Thanos and all of his villains there in that moment. It's like, Oh shit! It's about to—it's really about to go down. Finally, like, and it's—I mean, it—it it felt grand. It felt like, like a big, big, big battle, like a battle of like the universes colliding and all that stuff. So it like the scale was insane. Like what they what they managed to do in three hours of cinema is is crazy. Like the fact that the movie is three hours is ridiculous, but. Yeah, it didn't feel that way. It didn't feel like it was three hours long. Um, I It felt like a normal length movie to me. When it was over, I was like, oh, we're done. Okay. And then I was like, oh, that was three hours. <laughs> yeah, that really, really blew my mind. Yeah. Um, my only concern, I think, now is that because, like you said, I think superhero movie, movie fatigue is like a real thing oh, yeah. that's happening. Um, but I think people were... I think people were um, invested enough in those movies to like keep watching them and want to see like how everything ends. Yep. And the next Marvel phase is going to be um, 100%. It's going to be more diverse. Yep. Um, It's going to be more interesting that way to me. And what sucks is that I think we're going to see a really big fall off and I could be wrong. I just think we're going to see a really big fall off um, in people watching those films because we don't have these characters anymore. Like mm-hmm. at people we've, we've finished that entire storyline and now you're going to have to get people on board with a whole new set of stories. And we've already sort of like, we have Captain Marvel. That's going to get people in there a little bit. We have Spider-Man, which I'll always watch a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I'm just hoping that people turn up for these new, these new stories um, and enjoy them. Uh, yeah, because they're, they're going to be the ones that are more diverse. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so as well. Um, I yeah, I'm just really interested in what's going to happen because I think the only other Marvel movie that came out this year prior that has come out this year so far prior to Endgame was Captain Marvel, and then last year all we ha- we had um, the the last one, um, Infinity War, mm-hmm. and then we had uh, what was it? An Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Those were the only two Marvel movies that came out last year. 
So, because I remember before there was like a Marvel movie in the fall, like in the in the winter, then a Marvel movie in the summer, then a Marvel movie in the fall. Like there were at least three Marvel films that were happening in one year. So yeah. it kind of being going get going down to two films, I didn't feel like the same amount of fatigue as let's say I felt with RuPaul's Drag Race, where it's like literally here's RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars, and then the actual numbered seasons of Drag mm. Race after like literally the week following it started. So at that point you're getting that's it's like that was like 13 weeks with like another 14 weeks so you're getting like a pretty almost 30 weeks of drag queens which is amazing <laughs> that we get that on television today but but exhausting I, but but it, but it's exhausting and mm-hmm. I definitely can feel it can definitely feel that way from like the Marvel cinematic universe because again those movies are so long and they're so like they're so big in what they are and yeah, I haven't felt so much of that fatigue yet this year, and I do think it is because we haven't had haven't haven't had as many. But yeah, I'm just really curious as to what's next. I'm mm. really curious to see um, what's going to go down in Black Panther Two. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what happens in Far From Home, um, whatever the next Captain Marvel offering is going to be, all that stuff. So I'm I'm optimistic. So I hope people do show up for them the way they showed up the past ten years for. Iron Man and Cap and all that good stuff. Yep. Uh, DJ, yes. what you playing? Oh, a number of things. I've played some things and I've beaten some things since uh, since we last recorded. Um, and I picked back up a thing um, since we last uh, uh, since we last recorded um, that I started playing before we took our little break. Um, so as always, I'm playing Smash Ultimate. It's very good. Um, uh, having Joker in the game is wild to me, seeing... Seeing Persona represented in that way in Smash Brothers is crazy. They mm-hmm. did such a good job of making that character make sense within Smash Brothers. And what's, <laughs> it's really funny because when you see, like, Joker's character model, like, next to, like, Mario or Pikachu, Joker is, like, so little and tiny. It's, like, when you, like, pause the screen <laughs> and it zooms in, it's really funny to see how little he is in comparison. Like... Princess Peach is, like, huge in comparison to Joker, <laughs> which is hilarious. But, um, yeah, like, it's... Like, I've always said this when it comes to Smash about how it's a celebration of Nintendo's past, present, and future. And it's... Like, the future looks pretty bright. <laughs> like, it looks really, really cool with what they're doing. Um, I was hoping that with Joker's inclusion in Smash, we weren't just going to get a Persona 5 spinoff, that we were actually going to get Persona 5R on Switch, but it doesn't look like that's happening because I'm pretty sure Sony probably paid a lot of money to make Persona 5 happen. So, mm-hmm. whatever, it's fine. I'm still very excited for Persona 5, Persona 5 The Royal. I really want that game, and I'm, and I'm glad that I didn't jump back into playing a new game plus of Persona 5 now that I know that we're getting like an enhanced version of that game. So that'll be another 120 hours or so <laughs> engaged in that game with a bunch of new content, hopefully with less um, homophobia in it. But we'll Yeah, see. right? Um, like, I want to play it, but I don't know if I can spend that much time on Persona again. Right, right. <laughs> I should probably just get like, realize that for those games, I need to like wait like mm-hmm. wait for the R version basically, but I can't yeah. do that either. Right? Yeah, it's hard because it's like you want to, you want to play it because you want to have, the, you want to be a part of the conversation. But then it's like, well, they're obviously going to at some point do an enhanced version of this. So should I just wait for that or whatever? Because this is the dumb that, that I have because I started picking up Dragon Quest Eleven again, which is so good. Like it's so much fun. Like coming back to it, like I really kind of like fell into a really good groove with the game. And 
and the reason why I was able to fall back into it so easily is because because Dragon Quest Eleven has a feature that basically summarizes everything you did every time you boot up that game. And then any city that you're in, there is an NPC that, that pops up in that world that says that, like, you talk to, that kind of tells you where you need to go next. So if you ever forget, there are multiple ways that you can kind of pick up from where you left off. And I wish and I hope that more games in the future, especially JRPGs, implement that feature because it makes it way easier to pick up a game when you fall off of, fall off of it because of life. That needs to be in every game. I think uh, yeah. I think God of War did that really well, mm-hmm. actually, if I, if I remember correctly, where it's just like you'd always get a little recap of what you've been doing lately. Yeah. Um, and they did it in a really organic way, which is really nice. Um, yeah, because sometimes, like, man, I'll put a game down for a year. Yeah, and, like, you don't even mean to. Like, because I remember, I'm like, oh, I want to get back to playing Dragon Quest. And then when I looked to go see where my save file was, it was last year. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, <laughs> I've been so fucking busy, I haven't had a chance to get back to it. So, but... Now I stop playing it again because the enhanced version of it is coming out on Switch in September. So I'm just waiting for that because it added a whole bunch of quality of life changes that I wish were in the game that are in there now. Um, with Dragon Quest, what's pretty cool is that the game, when you just do um, one of the modes where the characters just fight for themselves, like it's called Fight Wisely, can get you through the game for the most part. Mm-hmm. And but the only thing is that the battles were kind of slow, and there was no way to speed them up. But now they added like a speed up times three speed, like basically all the remasters of like all the Final Fantasy games have. They've added that to Dragon Quest as well, so it makes getting through like the slog and wanting to and wanting to grind a little bit to like level up your characters a lot easier. Because with that game, what I've been doing is I'll just kind of like circle around like the world, like the like the main like a an area where there's a lot of, like, enemies for for encounters, and then just grind so that I can level up and get more abilities for characters. But the battles just take such a long time. So having that speed-up mode will be really, really beneficial to kind of, like, have it, doing that grind, but, like, having, like, a podcast on or something in the background while you're doing it would be is going to be way better. And also the fact that I can take it with me. Like, mm-hmm. that's been, like, the biggest thing for me. Like, whenever a new game comes out, I'm like, is it coming to Switch? I want the flexibility to be able to take it with me wherever I go. So yeah, if it's not a game that's like really graphically intensive right. or for me controller intensive, just because right. I still still don't love any controller, even the pro controller, like the D pad on that thing's a little bit weird sometimes. It's a little mushy. Yeah, it's a little bit mushy. Yeah. Um, but that's like yeah, if it's if it's not like those two things are not important to the game, right. I'm like yeah, give it to me on Switch so I can play it wherever I go. Right. Yeah. The the button inputs are so minimal when it comes to Dragon Quest because you're just like selecting options from a menu and then you don't even have to when you have them auto battle. So it's it's great. Like exactly. I as I've gotten older, I've definitely I've been more okay with games that have auto battle mechanics in them, especially mm-hmm. because you can turn them off because you can turn it off and on on the fly in Dragon Quest. So it's really easy if you need to like take control of a situation and like, oh, I really need my characters to heal now or they're going to die or I want to use a specific move and I don't think that the AI will do the specific move that I want them to do right here in this moment. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy to go in and kind of toggle that on and off. So if more games take advantage of that, I think it would be much better. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, yes, yeah, so I'm looking forward to the enhanced version of Dragon Quest, but other than that, um, I played and beat Devil May Cry 5. So much fun. I need to do that. So much fun. It's 15 hours. Um, it It's a blast the entire way through. 
Um, you play as three different characters. You can play as, as Nero, you play as V, and you play as Dante. And of the three characters, Dante, of course, is the most fun. Mm-hmm. Like, Dante has a fucking motorcycle that turns into two, like, sword things that you can run over enemies with. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's I heard that the other is it V who like is kind of like a weird Pokemon trainer. Basically. Yeah, like I like honestly, if I had to rank which characters I like the most, it's Dante V the Nero, um, mm-hmm. because like Nero just felt like a slow Dante, and I'm like, why is yeah. this character so slow? I don't like this. Um, but with uh, V being slow, but you have the ac- the access to his like Pokemon um, mm-hmm. was really fun. Like I thought that his ca- that his playstyle was really interesting. It kind of broke up. The kind of like button mash. It's still very button mashy, but like you have to kind of play it a little bit differently because you can't just like go in and keep pressing buttons against enemies because your uh, your little Pokemon will die, and you have to like wait for them to respawn. So you did ha- kind of have to get creative in certain areas um, because basically, like the game takes place over the course of like a couple of days, and it kind of goes back. The events kind of go uh, go backwards in time and then forward in time. Um, and then you're playing as different characters in those different portions of the game. And then sometimes you're going through the same area as each of the characters. So you're kind of revisiting the same places, but it's from different viewpoints. So the different maps with a different, the same map with a different character doesn't feel the same. Mm-hmm. So it's, it was really fun and really, really beautiful all the way through. Um, the only thing that I'm sad about is that they had Lady and Trish in the game and neither of them are playable. And apparently there are no plans for any DLC for Devil May Cry 5 to where they're playable. So it's like that's a huge missed opportunity to play as either those two cool chicks because they're amazing. And I've loved Trish and like everything that I've been able to play as her in. So I just think it's a missed opportunity. But other than that, I really loved that game top to bottom. It's mm-hmm. really, really fun. I need to play it. It seems like the sort of like just extra fun. Oh, yeah. Thing yeah, yeah. You would love it. I think you would absolutely love it. And then what recently came out was Tales of Vesperia for the Switch. And for those of you not in the know, which typically most of our audience pretty much knows this kind of stuff, um, Tales of Vesperia was one of the Tales games that was only released on the Xbox 360 back when that came out many, many years ago. But then in Japan, an enhanced version of the game came out on PlayStation 4 that had, not PlayStation 4, but PS3, that had um, an added character and some other good stuff in it. And they finally released basically that version in the West on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. Mm. So if you like a Tales game that's kind of more of like the, of the traditional Tales games, like a Tales of Symphonia, uh, mm-hmm. I think that Tales of Vesperia is still one of the best of the Tales games in terms of character, in terms of gameplay. Um, the world and everything is really interesting. Um, Yuri is a really great protagonist. Love that whole cast a lot. Um, so I've been jo- enjoying that, and since I have it on Switch, it's like a great thing that I can just play on the couch while we're watching Riverdale or something. <laughs> how would you compare it to like? Cause I, I've heard the same thing that like Vesperia is a high watermark in that series. Mm-hmm. How would you compare it to something like um, Bazaria, which seems like kind of like fun but really trashy? Uh, Bazaria is definitely like hyper trashy. Um, I do like where the direction of Tales games going forward to where it's kind of like a three D active map because it's very because. Uh, Vesperia is very old school and like you encounter an enemy on the screen you go to this kind of like uh, 2.5D like camera camera viewpoint even though you can kind of roam around in the map but you have to hold a button to kind of get your character to run around the map but you don't have access to all the same moves when you're running in, in a kind of like arena mode 
um, with the later Tales games, you kind of have this open map of wherever you're at. So you encounter an enemy, it goes into the battle mode, but it's where you're at. So um, the Zestiria was the first of the Tales games to kind of like, well, I guess it wasn't the first, but it was one of the ones that took a more open-worldy approach, which was the first one that came out on, on the PlayStation 4, which, love that one. Absolutely love that game so much. Um, and then Berseria kind of expanded upon that. And the combat in Berseria is like, super fast, snappy, it's really fun, um, it's hella trashy. Like, Velvet was the first female lead main character in the Tales game, because um, all of them have been male up until that game. And, of course, it's like she's got this, like, super horny titty design, which <laughs> which is fine. Like, I think that Velvet is a cool character. Like, I like her, like, narratively in that game. But, um... But I do think there's something very special about the original format of the Tales games that came with Symphonia, um, and and Vesperia kind of iterates on that in a really positive way. I really like it a lot. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Boo? What you been playing? Um, I've just been kind of like playing stuff here and there. I haven't been like, I don't know. I haven't played games much lately. But um, let's see. I have Xbox Game Pass now, which like Xbox Games Pass has made it so. I find that I'm playing 90% on my Xbox all of a sudden because mm-hmm. there's just like so many games to go back and play. And the fact that it has backwards compatibility for Xbox and 360 titles um, and like big first party titles you get yeah. immediately, which is insane. Um, also, that controller is actually just more comfortable for my hands. That controller it's, is really good. Like I, the PS4 controller is great, but the Xbox controller is definitely more comfortable for me. Um, I have a quick question for you. Um, yes. Can you kind of explain... Because I'm still a little bit confused because I was watching the Xbox uh, presser for E3 and it was like, mm-hmm. Microsoft got their shit together. I was yes, like, this, yeah, I was like this, is, this is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. So can you kind of explain a little bit in depth about how Game Pass works? Because I'm still a little bit confused yes. by that. Yes, so Games Pass is... Um I'm trying to think of the way. So you have Xbox Live right. Gold, which is the same thing as like PlayStation Plus, which is we give you access to. Uh, it's how you play games online. Yeah, it's it's what you pay to have multiplayer access for like ninety percent of games, mm-hmm. and then we give you a couple free games every month. Same thing as PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, with Games Pass, what that does is um, so PlayStation has a similar thing. PS Now, yeah, but PS Now is streaming based. Yep, yep. Unless I believe, I think they, I think PlayStation changed it, maybe like six months ago, or maybe longer, where you could download PS4 games locally to play them, but not PS3 and PS2 because mm-hmm. there's not, they don't have backwards compatibility working right. locally, right. so you have to stream those titles that are in that library, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. It's just like streaming games still doesn't work great yep. unless you have like really really good uh, internet, and even then with really good internet. Uh, games that are twitchier, like FPSs and stuff, yeah. are kind of an RPG is fine, um, but anything that requires like Twitch, anything can be a little bit iffy. So, the Xbox ver- version of that is Games Pass, except everything, none of it's streaming. Mm-hmm. It's all download. Oh, so, cool. um, there's actually a separate phone app, which is amazing uh, uh, for for Games Pass, which is like you'll get updates when new things get added to it. Mm-hmm. You can just like tap on a game and tell it to download to your Xbox at home. Um, which I do all the time, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what that is, is that uh, Microsoft has spent a lot of money and time taking a bunch of Xbox, original Xbox, Xbox 360 games, and making them backwards compatible locally on the Xbox One. 
Um, and not just backwards compatible, but like they sharpen the graphics. Yeah. Like it's not like it's not like they release new texture packs, but like the way that they're doing it makes it so those games look better and they run at high resolutions and they look good. Um, so what's really nice about and then on top of that, if it's a like a major, if it's an Xbox Studios first party title, mm-hmm. you usually get it the day it drops. So say oh, like cool. Gears of the next Gears of War, mm-hmm. the day that comes out, you'll have it on Games Pass. Oh, nice. For free. Um, when Forza drops, um, when Sea of Thieves drops, mm-hmm. like anything that's a first party Xbox game studio game, mm-hmm. that happens too. Um, so. They just added, so that's like how that works. Um, and so it's a different subscription on top of on top PS of Xbox, Plus. On top of Xbox or, Live. Uh, yes, just okay. like PS Now is another subscription on top of right. uh, PlayStation Plus. Okay. Um, what they just added and they announced at E3, which is wild, is Games Pass Ultimate. And so what that is, is it's a combination of both. It's like one it's skew. It's one skew, yeah. It's one skew for both live and and Games Pass, and they just launched Games Pass for PC. Wow. So if you're a PC gamer, um, it's a different group of games, but Microsoft is working with companies that have like m- like popular PC games mm-hmm. to have a library the same way. Um, I think it's like, I think there's 100 games on that already. Oh, that's... Um, that's so amazing. if you have Ultimate, you get all three of those things yeah. at the same time. Um, what they did, and I don't know if they're still doing it, but what they were doing during E3 is if you have Xbox Live... Uh, you can upgrade to, uh, and this is wild because I was like, this doesn't make sense, but okay. If you have Xbox Live, you can upgrade to Ultimate for a dollar. It's like you do a dollar, and um, it's supposed to be like, do it for a dollar for your first month, and then you're charged for whatever after that. Mm-hmm. The thing is, though, is that that makes sense, but what they would do is that they turn your Live into Ultimate. So however long you have of Live for one dollar, you just turn it into the Ultimate Pass. So for me, what I did was I topped up my my uh, live as far as you can go, which is like two and a half, three years. Mm-hmm. So I have my live like three years into the future. Yeah. And for one dollar, I turned it into Games Pass Ultimate for three years. Holy shit. And then it just canceled my recurring billing for it immediately. But the thing is, like, I don't for the next like two and a half, three years, I have all of that on Xbox and it costs me like an extra and dollar it, on top. Yeah, it doesn't of. cost you anything. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's, which is wild. That's that, yeah, that's that's insane. The only catch they're talking about with it is that you can't like, you can't downgrade back like once that's done. I think it's either you have to cancel your, you have to cancel it outright or continue to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure like in the meantime, I'll find cheap ways to extend whatever it is. So I'm not worried about it. Right. It's also like three years. Um, but because of that, like, uh, what was it? One of my friends, we've been trying to find games to play, uh, games to play together mm-hmm. uh, on Xbox. And um, he was like, hey, what if we go back and we play, uh, and this gets into games I've been playing. Mm-hmm. He's like, do you want to play like Gears of War Ultimate Edition, which is just a HD remaster of the first Gears of War. Mm-hmm. And because we both, we both have Games Pass, we're just like, just download it and play it. Yeah, and it's great. Not? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And that game, besides the writing, um, besides the writing and a couple of lines that are like specifically like pretty misogynist in it right um that game holds up incredibly well it like handles really well the hd remaster looks really good Mm -hmm. um it still feels like one of the best like third person cover-based shooters i've played yeah um but it's great because there's like literally they just added like the entire i think borderlands borderlands one the entire like borderlands handsome collection so all of the borderlands games that are out 
are on there on yeah. Games Pass. Yeah. So it's like if you want to play a multiplayer co-op game with a friend, there's all these options where if you just both have Games Pass, you have them. So that I love Sony. You know I love Sony. Oh yeah, but same. Microsoft but, is like on their shit right now. Right. So this is so I, I was just going to say because when I was watching the E3 press conference, I was like, I was like, I don't not not like. Microsoft and Xbox. Like, I was Team 360, the last console generation, because I thought it was a better online experience than PlayStation Network Same. was. Like, loved that controller. Um, I also worked for Microsoft Retail at the time, so I got, like, 15% off of every game. So, like, why would I pay for a PlayStation game when I get 15% off of a brand new one mm-hmm. for the Xbox? So, I have a huge 360 library of games that I'm, like, looking at over here. And I'm like, the fact that I don't have that option to kind of like either pop in the disc for Resonance of Fate that I have on 360. Um, I don't have that option on PlayStation 4. I would just have to buy the mm-hmm. the re-release of that game for PS4 um, or subscribe to PlayStation Now, which even which is fine. Like there's 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 absolutely nothing wrong with PlayStation Now. But the fact that I can just like go to my shelf and just put in the disc and and go. Yeah, the fact that they spent, I think, um, actually, E3, they did one last update to their backwards compatibility, and they very quietly said, like, hey, this is the last batch of games that we're making backwards compatible again, because yeah. we need to focus on making sure that our Xbox One games work on the next Xbox stuff correctly. Yeah. Um, but they they did backwards compatibility for, like, 600 games. Yeah. And most of those are 360 games. Yeah. Some are Xbox. Yeah. So it's like... If there's like, unless you want like a really obscure ass game, most likely if you want to play it, you can just it's pop it in your on, Xbox One and play on it. There. Yeah, um, exactly. So, which so is, that's I was incredible. It's wild. So I think you know, often we saw we see this frequently, right? Xbox 360, Microsoft being number one that console generation. Sony figured it out. They were number two. They came in with the PS4. They didn't do any of the stupid shit Microsoft was trying to do, um, and they're doing great this generation. And I think being number two again, Microsoft is realizing like, yo, we need to figure this shit out. Right. I just wish either the, either of these companies could be doing really well or be number one and not make the same dumbass decisions. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Where it's like, hey, if you're number one, that doesn't mean like stop doing good shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it means like do good shit to keep your people. So yeah, hopefully Sony. Also, Microsoft has been way more open about crossplay and letting mm-hmm. people play anywhere. Yeah. So like. Uh, not to get into Destiny too deep because I have not been playing it, but in September I'm gonna play Destiny again because a there's a big uh, new um, content release. B honestly the biggest thing is suddenly uh, your account is gonna be global. That's amazing. So my PlayStation Four version of that game, which is like where all my progress is, because mm-hmm. I have it on PC as well. Mm-hmm. When I log in, I'm gonna select that I want to take my my I want my PS4 account to be my main one. Yeah. And then any console I want to play that game for, I just got to buy it for that console or PC or whatever. I can play my character on that. That is so sick. So I can play that, it with my friends. That is sick. As long as I have the game, I can on whatever the platform is, I can play it for my friends on that platform. And Sony was dragging their feet on that shit. Mm-hmm. Like when Google Stadia really or like had their big thing, one of their big announcements was Destiny 2 being on there. Yeah. Um, and like I don't know if you were watching that live stream when they were like, hey, you're going to be able to play... Uh, play this on any platform with your friends mm-hmm. because of the way that they're going to do account stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was like not confirmed yet for for PS4 because Sony was dragging their feet. Yeah. Um, literally the next day when 
Bungie had their Destiny live stream to explain all the new stuff happening in September, um, they were like, literally that day before, Sony finally was like, yeah, okay, sure, you guys can do that. And I just like, I just want Sony to stop doing that shit. Right. Like, the fact that like they really had to like last second and also had to have everyone else on board. Right. Like, Sony was not going to do it, obviously, until they realized oh, we're going to look really stupid yeah. if you can do it between everything else. Because all of the media outlets are going to shit on them. Like, Absolutely. Like, a thousand Absolutely. Percent. It's like everybody else can play all the games together except Sony because they're being assholes. So it just, it doesn't make sense to that not be a thing. I mean, mm-hmm. when it, because like, I think that's like the big thing at this point to where it's like, it's becoming less and less pertinent except for Nintendo. Like what system you have that you're playing a game on. Absolutely, and I think yeah. because Nintendo has taken taken such a stance of like they're not really competing right. with Microsoft and Sony because yeah. like what they do is so different. Right. I get that. Like you guys don't need to do that, but for me, otherwise, like no, I'm sorry. If I buy a game, if I spend the money to have it, if I buy it for three different consoles, just let me play my shit with whoever. Right. And I don't need to play it against. I get why, like maybe not against PC players or whatever because of like mouse and keyboard bullshit for sure. Fine. Yeah. But there's no reason why I can't play Overwatch on my PS4. With and against Xbox friends, right? Yeah, if they no if, reason. Yeah, if they are able to do crossplay between at least at least Xbox and and PS4 for Overwatch, that would make the experience way better. Like that would yeah. that would make the experience way better. Like if they if your if our accounts could be global in that in that regard, that would that would one get me to probably pick up that game and play it a lot more often because I have yes. a bunch of friends that have it on Xbox, and I'm mm-hmm. not starting from nothing again. Ugh, I did that and it's terrible. On another console. Like Yeah, I picked it up for cheap on Xbox to play with some friends who played on Xbox and I was like, well, one of the things I enjoy in that game is doing my placements for comp. Right. Whenever seasons start. And I was like, oh shit, I can't because I'm not level twenty five yet. Right. And level twenty five is like probably at least like five to ten hours That's, of playing that game. That is a couple of days. Like especially like, like considering that like the average person that the average adult that like has a job come and has a job has responsibilities. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, to get to level twenty five in Overwatch, it's going. I have it's going to take a couple of nights. I have no skins on there. Like I have no cool skins on the disgusting. Xbox version. Like who on wants PC, to, who wants? I have to some like that? the. No, I want my skins. Right. And on PC, I have some like the really old like original like first whatever's mm-hmm. edition skins and stuff that I don't have on other platforms. Yeah. So that's just a thing that needs to happen. Anyway, but to get into what I'm actually playing, big tangent. Um, uh, because of uh, Games Pass, I'm playing Outer Wilds, mm-hmm. which is like that game is really really cool. I don't think I'm in the right mindset to play it. It's um, Outer Wilds is this indie game that's very uh, like what's the best way to describe it? So you're an alien on an alien planet, and you're an astronaut. And the very beginning of the game is, like, you kind of walk around and get the idea of, like, people telling you what you're about to do. Mm -hmm. And um, more or less, like, there is this ancient civilization that you're trying to figure out more about because they have, like, really amazing technology. And exploring space and these other planets is, like, how are you to do it? There's other astronauts that have gone out there before you. Um, And that's sort of what the game is, is, like, it almost reminds me of Myst in some ways with these, like, environmental puzzles. Um, But... uh, going into space is fucking rough yeah. like flat like flying your spaceship is not easy um <laughs> flying in zero like when you go outside your ship in zero gravity in your suit that's not easy uh thankfully there's autopilot for when you're going to planets yeah but it's just this really really um really metal like really mellow meditative 
uh, chill game mm-hmm. that has a really great soundtrack. Um, it reminds me of like if No Man's Sky had a really directed narrative. Yeah. If No Man's Sky was like, which I think with some of the updates, No Man's Sky does, mm-hmm. but it reminds me of like a very very small scale because it's just like one small solar system basically, um, not even a whole like, yeah, like solar system I guess, um, and it just feels very chill. Like nice. there, you 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 uncover you get a translator that can read the like the the text of this ancient race, um, and uh, so like you're slowly uncovering like what they were working on and what happened to them and like uh, uh like finding artifacts of theirs and like figuring these puzzles out um it's really cool if you're into something like that um yeah. l- like if no man's sky was like hey explore this stuff but also like here is a directed story where you're gonna you need to find out the secrets of this this ancient civilization um so like i think it's really cool and i like it a lot I just know me right now playing video games. I don't know if I have the time or patience to just be like, well, here's a game where I just get to go like without really any direction. Yeah. You can talk to NPCs and they give you like hints about like things to check out and places to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but like without any real direction, like how to, to go do a thing. Right. Like I want to like get all of the story stuff and I kind of want the game to be like, all right, go here. Um, but I love that that's not what the game is mm-hmm. because I think that type of the type of game it is is important. Also, every time you die, you get like early in the game, you come across an artifact that's a statue of one of these ancient um, uh, peoples. They look kind of like a, a weird like uh, ram with three eyes, mm-hmm. and it like looks into your soul basically and like like takes something from you. And from that point on, if you come across one of those, what it does is that when you die at a checkpoint. And when you die, you see, like, screenshots of everything that you've done in that past life. And it takes you back to that spawn point. And your character's aware of it. Your character is aware that they're in, like, a time loop of some sort. Oh, Um, wow. So, and, like, but no one else is. Because, like, you mentioned it to, like, the the guy who's at the little campsite you start the game at. And he's just like, you okay? Yeah, it's everything going on okay over here. (laughs) So it's really, really cool. I'm, it's, it's almost the type of game that I would be more tempted to, like, put on a let's play of or like read a wiki about what the story is about Mm -hmm. um but it is just like really it just has a really nice chill meditative thing and that's free on games pass which is really cool um i've been playing gears of war ultimate edition which i touched on Mm -hmm. which that game's still really good um i played through most of gato roboto which is a nice like it's maybe three hours it's a metroidvania on the switch Mm -hmm. uh by a little company called Doinksoft. um i think devolver published it um and uh I mean yeah it is it is like no no hiding it it's 100% metroid like yeah. straight up metroid <laughs> um but you play a cat uh who uh your like uh your owner is a like a uh, is on a mission in a spaceship and you jump on his controls and crash his ship <laughs> um and he basically gets pinned under the ship and is like can't is going to be is going to die more or less so he's like hey i need you to go like complete this mission for me and so you're like okay which you don't you you just meow cuz you're a cat yeah. um and you find a like robot suit and the game kind of goes back and forth between you using this robot suit and getting very i mean 100% metroid power ups um and not being in the suit, mm-hmm. uh, which when you're, which is you're, you're really fragile. You'll die with one hit outside of the suit. Um, but it's cute. It's really well done. Um, it's uh, I need to finish it. I'm almost I think at the end of it. 
Um, I'm, uh, I've taken a break on Sekiro. I still really like it, mm-hmm. but uh, I, don't, I don't know if we've talked about this previously because it's been a while. But um, so I really like. I'm also playing Bloodborne, yep. which I'm also almost uh, almost done with. Uh, I love Bloodborne, and that game is hard. But I think you can get into a rhythm with Bloodborne where like it doesn't feel constantly brutal mm-hmm. you might come across a boss here and there where you're like fuck man i'm having a hard time with this boss i'm gonna try this boss 20 30 times and you know maybe eventually i'll beat it or i need to go and farm for a little bit yeah and level up yeah. because farming is the thing that you can do in bloodborne and dark souls um so i really love that about those games and i really really love bloodborne sekiro is really cool it's gorgeous um the combat's great when you're not fighting bosses and mini bosses, it feels very much like a Tenchu game in a lot of ways. Um, combat is like I've never felt a game feel as impactful com- combat wise. Like when swords clash and hit, the sound and the feeling, it's like it's just it. Nothing feels you know when games really miss the feel and you don't feel impact from things. Yeah. Th- this is the opposite. Like it's just perfect. Um, but. I've had to cheese two bosses in that game. And, like there have been yeah. two bosses where in Sekiro, yeah. like there are two bosses where I'm just like, I read guides on how to fight them. Yeah. I watched videos on how to fight them oh, and God. I still just could not fucking execute. Could not. And so I had to find like cheese strats for two of them. And like, I'm getting through it. And I'm enjoying it, but there's two so far where like I had to absolutely cheese. One of them is a boss you have to fight. Um, as far as I understand, I think there one's a required boss. One is a boss that's not required, um, but it's that game's just brutal. Like I really like it, but I do think it's maybe it might be the From Software game where I'm like, okay, this game's too hard. Maybe <laughs> okay. I was okay. I'm glad that we're talking about this today because I was thinking about Sekiro um, when I was out and about running a couple errands today, and I was like. Hmm. I really like Tenchu games, but like I'm really bad at like Soulsborne games, and I I'm like I'm really interested in Sekiro, but like, I don't want to spend sixty dollars playing Sekiro. Fucking red box it that way. If yeah. you want to throw it across the room, you just throw you it just back into the red box. The <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, because yeah, it is it is, and I, I have friends who are playing it who are not having that experience. Who are like, yeah, it's like it's hard, but it's not you know, it's not unbeatable. Right. And I'm just like. I don't get frustrated with games that often. Um, and Sekiro's not doing things that I think are unfair. Right. But the it requires a lot of you from an execution standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like a lot, a lot. Uh, but it's really good. Um, and that's that's all the stuff um, playing. But DJ, what are you watching? Oh, I'm watching a bunch of things. So um, I'll start off by saying first and foremost because I just saw this on uh, I just saw this on uh, on Twitter. So this is like breaking news. Um, Pose just got renewed for season three. Oh. Um, and it's barely, we're only two episodes into season two right now because it's currently airing. Um, the first season is on Netflix. It's so good. So watch that show. I'm so glad that we're getting a third season of it because it's more stories that we need from queer people, from trans people. It's it's perfect. It's everything. I love it. Watch that show. Um, and then, uh, so I'm watching that. But anime-wise, I've been watching Shield Hero because I can't mm-hmm. stop watching it. Um, like, there are a lot of, there's, like, a weird grouping of people that, that like, like aren't, like, incels really big into that show? 
I would think so, based on yeah. based on things I know about the plot. I would understand why. Yeah. Um. So yeah. there. So like, there's that. And then I know some people have been like, "Oh, I'm not watching that show because of that." Um. <laughs> um. I, I I still think that the slime anime is probably like the best. Like, would we consider the slime anime an isekai? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would say it is yeah. for sure. Um. Yeah, so uh, the slime anime is definitely like the best isekai that's out there right now, but Shield Hero is not a bad one either. Um, there are a lot of things that are not. There are a couple of problematic things that are in there, like the whole thing with like with Raftalia and her being like a fucking slave and all mm-hmm. that. Stuff. It's, yikes! Um, like there, like the world is really cool. Um, like the the magic stuff is really neat. Um, there's a lot of it's a, really, a lot of really solid animation that's in there, um, and, and I'm not familiar with the studio that's working on that show, um, but pretty good. There's some pretty good stuff there, um, and that's one of the shows that they are simul dubbing, like Crunchyroll simul dubbing. So I've been watching yes. the dub of that, and the dub cast is pretty good. Um, so I've been enjoying that a lot. Um, so yeah, I've been watching that. Um, the release schedule of the dubbed episodes are a little off right now so i i've been like waiting to watch multiple multiple episodes at once because i typically like to watch at least two or three um and then i'm watching kimetsu no yaiba demon slayer which is so good it's so good it's so good it is my favorite thing that i'm watching this season it's really really good um oh shield heroes done by kinema uh kinema citrus yes which they're very good yeah they did um uh, oh, what's the fucking move show about the pit? Uh, Made in Abyss. They did Made in Abyss. Mm, okay. Which Made in Abyss is beautiful. Um, yeah. So yeah, Kinema Citrus has a really good staff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like, been watching those things. Um, and on Sunday or mo- uh, on, I guess Friday, on Friday of last week, um, Kakeguri uh, Season 2 is out. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Yumiko Jabami is back. <laughs> Uh-huh. Queen of the scammers. She is scamming everybody in that school. <laughs> I need I need to pick it back up. Was the last episode of the last season the idol episode? Um n- no. I'm trying to remember if no. I finished that. Um no, okay. the, cause like the, the, the live action ended like halfway through where the season one of the anime did. Okay. Um basically I think it's like the the idol episode happened and then there are a couple there are a couple more episodes after the first idol episode in mm-hmm. in season one. Um, I think like maybe like two or three more episodes. It's about thirteen episodes a piece. Um, so I'm watching season two. I'm about I'm like on episode six or seven, and it's it's very good. It's Yumiko is the best. <laughs> she is amazing. <laughs> um, like there there are so many good characters in that show. So I've been enjoying that a lot. Um, and other than that, I started watching um, the the running anime, uh, Run with the Wind. Oh, I've heard it's amazing. It's actually. really good. It's really really good. The real good group of boys um and there is a black boy in there that doesn't look like a racist caricature like i'm like wow look at what? i'm like look at japan like drawing black people and they actually look like black people and not racist caricatures so like it's really cool it's beautiful it's really it it looks it looks like the swimming anime but mm. uh, it looks like a combination of the swimming anime and haikyuu is what that looks like gotcha um and it's it's cool i really really like it a lot and as I've been like just working on like other little freelance projects and doing out and doing the edits that I did for Black Mage, I started to rewatch Oh Yu Yu Hakusho. Mm-hmm. Just 
Chef Kiss show is so good. Love that show. Um, and then started watching a Gretzko season two, which is also just delightful and cute. Mm-hmm. Enjoying that. Um, Riverdale season three, which is just it. <laughs> A mess, from what I understand. Riverdale, Riverdale is a mess. It is a <laughs> fucking mess. That show has gone completely off the rails, like, like completely. But it's consistent. That's if anything that I can say about Riverdale is that it's fucking <laughs> ridiculous. But it's committed to being as fucking ridiculous and over the top as it can be. Archie was is like is in a fucking fight club. Like it's he goes to. He goes to juvenile hall. It's a it's which looks like a fucking like a fucking H and M prison. Like it's just it's a fucking mess. But I can't stop watching. Everyone's so hot, and it, yeah, it's it's a lot. Everyone needs to watch Riverdale. I need to as well. I just don't like. I feel like I'll sit down and watch it when Aaron because Aaron will watch it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't think I can make myself take the time to watch mm-hmm. it. But I do enjoy, like, every screenshot friends show me. I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> like, I'm 13 episodes in the season three and I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> and it seems like every episode is just like, what's ha- Why? There's, why is there a cult? There's two cults. Like, why, 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 why does is- Veronica have a speakeasy? <laughs> They're in high school. <laughs> Just just that fucking sentence. Okay. Why does Veronica have a speakeasy? Why? This isn't the era of prohibition. What's happening? Um But other than that, I'm I'm watching my favorite white lady show. A white lady mm-hmm. drama. It's Big Little Lies. Girl. The acting. There is some acting. Reese Witherspoon. Nicole Kidman. That entire cast. What? It is everything. And season two just started, so I'm like up to date with it. And fucking um Oh my god. Oh my god. Um I didn't realize I had that star power. Oh, oh yeah. Like it it's Reese Witherspoon's production company that's that's doing it. Um it's incredible. And um Oh my god, it's it is it is so good. It, the acting, like <laughs> they are acting. It is. Uh, and Meryl Streep is in season two. Meryl Streep is in season two, and she, <laughs> like Viola Davis, Meryl, I invented acting. Streep, <laughs> like you want to see a masterclass in acting? My God, it it's oh my God, it's it's so good. It's beautifully shot. Um, the dude from Parks and Rec. Um, who played Lovely Nose boyfriend, husband? Oh, oh, uh, yes, him, uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Scott. Yes, he's in it. He is so good. I do love. Wait, not Andrew What's Scott. His name? It's What's his name? Uh, he's also in. Uh, oh fuck! I know who you're talking about. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't remember his fucking name. I'm trying to look it up now because I'm just I'm just completely. Oh, no, it's not Andrew Scott. I'm sorry. Uh, not to, because it's gonna drive me crazy if I don't remember it. Uh, um, Adam Scott. Adam. Adam Scott. Scott yeah, Ben Wyatt. Yeah, yeah it, was Adam two, Scott. it was two first names. Um, so good, so so fucking good. 
Um, if you have if you have HBO, HBO Go, HBO whatever, watch that show. It's very good. Um, that's everything that I've been watching. What about you? Um, I'm also watching Nergatsuko season two, um, which is that show's like too real. Like season one was also too real, yeah. but this episode like. I'm at a point in the series where things like seem really good for Ogretzko, and I'm just like, I can't. This is gonna all blow up, and I can't like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This show can't have Ogretzko just be like happy, right? Um, especially like in romance. So I'm just like, I can't. Mm-hmm. This is all too good. Like it's it's like it's way too good to be true. Right, so I'm just like, right. I can't. But it's it's such a good show. Um, watching Ogretzko. Uh, I watched Chernobyl. Yeah. Um, I did a I did a HBO free trial and then canceled immediately just to watch Chernobyl. Uh, yeah, that show is hard, but it is good. Um, and as far as I've read, they did a pretty good job of uh, portraying what happened in Chernobyl pretty accurately. Um, and it's just, it's a thing where it's like, Chernobyl happened the year that we were born. Yeah. Like, I get that, and I've always known about it. Um, but watching it and like seeing, like getting so much detail, it's sure, it's like maybe six or eight episodes. Mm-hmm getting so much detail into like what happened is just fucking wild. Like I can't, I definitely, definitely, definitely suggest it. Um, it's very good. Uh, what is that? I started watching. What is that on? Uh, it was on HBO. Okay. Um, same with, a, I started watching season two of Westworld, mm-hmm. which like, it's not so far. It's not as good as season one. Cause season, season one of Westworld is like excellent. Yeah. It's so good. Um, season two is has a lot of Tessa Thompson in it, which is helps. Yeah, yeah. Um, but season two is like they're dealing with the aftermath of season one, so it's like it just has that sort of like sophomore slump where mm-hmm. like the first season is like world building, it's new shit, yeah. it's really interesting, they're establishing so much stuff, and season two is dealing with it. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit less uh, balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the way that they're telling the story, they played with telling the story like chronologically kind of mixed up in the first season mm-hmm. and they do it more in the second season in a way that I think is a little bit more confusing even um, but it's still really good um, also that opening theme is like one of the best opening themes to anything it's so good mm-hmm. um, been watching Sarazanmai which is that new Ikuhara joint mm-hmm. um, with some boys love going on mm-hmm. um, it is it's really good it's I find it to be even for Ikuhara, I find it to be a little bit more indulgent and hard to like, hard to get on board with 100 yeah. percent um, than most of his stuff. But it's really, really good, and I like it a lot. And it's just, it's just full of like, it's Ikuhara shit. Like every episode, you're watching the same 10 minutes of animation throughout certain parts of it because he always does like the same format stuff yeah. until like three fourths of the series where he like changes that format abruptly, and you're like, oh, <laughs> now shit's real. Yeah, um, Demon Slayer. I'm watching because it's incredibly and, good, and that and that um, theme song fucking slaps. Yo, the, the opening and ending of yeah. Slayer both slap. Like that show's just good it's as shit so all weird. around. Um, also, the show looks good. Yeah, the UFO table is like, I mean, they usually do, but it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I need to, to pick it back up, but I have a lot of friends who really love uh, Konosuba. Um, yeah, which is yeah, Her, I've that heard nothing, but, nothing but positive things about Konosuba. It is like. Certainly, uh, it's sort of, I would say it's definitely, like, falls in the etchy territory, mm-hmm. um, like, etchy comedy territory, so there's definitely some episodes and things that are certainly, like, on that problematic scale for sure, sure. 
but um it is it's it's like it's an isekai but i would say it feels like if it's always sunny in philadelphia was a fantasy anime because <laughs> everyone in the main cast is just a big piece of shit <laughs> like <laughs> every character in the main cast is a complete mess of a person <laughs> and super trashy and just just terrible and they're just constantly backstabbing each other all the time like it's no matter how like tight they they feel as a group or how like oh wow this like battle really made us feel closer the next moment someone's fucking someone else over um and it's just it's just very funny for that um but i think that's really all i've been watching lately um, um i need to catch up on my anime oh and i finished mob psycho season two which I, the last couple episodes of that fucking show yeah, are like yeah. Whew, yep yep so good what a, it's what so a show good. what a fucking show a fan it's just beautiful the whole way through mm-hmm. i've i dropped one punch man season two because it's just not what one punch man season that, one it's just not that interesting yeah like season two just hasn't been that interesting, yeah. um, which sucks because there's characters in that season that I like a lot. Yeah. But it's just it, without it having the same. If if season two was what season one was, maybe I'd be on board still. Yeah. But season one was just so like such a singular beautiful work of animation, and there's just season two looks fine, mm-hmm. but there's just it doesn't come close. Not the same way where like Mob Psycho, both season one and two are gorgeous always. Yeah. Um, and it just hasn't been able to hold my attention because of that. Yeah. Oh, and um, this week, Ava comes out on Netflix, right? Oh, on Friday. I'm so, I'm so ready. So get ready. Get ready for Ava Discourse 2019. Oh, it's going to be bad. I want to I wanna hear this new dub. They have So they won't. Netflix hasn't said who any of the voice actors are. Yeah, I, I want to I hear it. Which is wild to me because it's Friday. So I'm just like, yeah. I guess the reveal is going to be when it drops. Mm-hmm. But I want to know who the fuck is doing these voices. Yeah. I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited for it because, like, by all means, shout outs to the original dub crew yeah. that, like, just got passed over and that fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. But also, like, the original dub for that show ain't great. Right. It's, um, it's not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm down to hear a new generation of people do yeah. it. Um, I bet what, what I'm really, really down for is a new generation of people to get fooled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> to be like, whoa, whoa, what's what's this like old, this old robot anime? Uh, I don't understand why people are so into this. Or like, oh, this is kind of cool. It's just like, a, but it's kind of like just another like robot anime with some body horror. Mm-hmm. And then for them to hit like the halfway point, a little bit past the halfway point of the series, mm-hmm. and just be like, what the fuck? Right. What the right. fuck? <laughs> and then they're launching the movies as well. We're getting we're getting uh, end of Eva and everything. They're just not getting the new movies. Is all that's it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like. I'm just ready for everyone. Yeah. I'm ready for them to see that fucking Shinji hospital scene mm-hmm. and be like, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is this? Uh, I'm just excited for a new generation to be as hurt and sad and depressed and confused about an anime as I was yeah. as a young person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What a, yeah. What a, what a time to be alive to kind of like relive these moments in anime history as, as Americans from having dial-up internet and GeoCities and mm-hmm. and message board forums and all that to being this in this hyper-connected generation that we're in right now, having access to everything at our fingertips and to kind of see 
what that reaction is going to be. Um, like it, Twitter is a trash fire, but I'm so happy Twitter's going to yeah, be. I cannot wait because I cannot wait because Twitter's got to be fucked up. <laughs> Discourse from, is going to be a fucking mess <laughs> from Friday, from Friday this week for like. Oh my god, I cannot wait to see the discourse. It's gonna be a fucking train wreck. Like part Twitter's gonna be the best thing in the world. Part of, that, part of me was like, ew, I don't want the discourse, but like the more I think about it, I'm like, no, I, I need to see it. I don't wanna be involved. I don't want I wanna watch. But I wanna see I wanna watch, I wanna read I wanna read the tweet threads, I wanna read the think pieces. I I'm excited yeah. for Waypoint to they're gonna do a watch, they said. Yeah. They said this oh, forever ago, so I'm like I'm excited for that is I what I'm only, excited for. That is what I'm I'm excited for it's for that. Only Austin Walker. Only Austin. Going no on, one and everyone else just being like, because <laughs> people have watched. I think everyone watched like the first episode yeah. or like the first two episodes um, a while back, and now I'm just like they get to watch the whole thing, mm. and I get to hear Patrick Klepek lose his just, shit. Just lose his fucking mind. I can't wait. Well, I guess I guess Kato probably knows now because Kato Kato was not around for the when they originally I think did this. Mm-hmm. So Kato and Austin will know what's up. Um, yeah. I'm only I'm only sad that Natalie Walker is not on Waypoint anymore, mm-hmm. just to hear Natalie's re- reaction to all of yeah. it. Yeah. Oh man, I wish I wish Danica was back for this watch. Ooh. Having Danica Ooh. back for that would be incredible. Danica was back for a little bit of the E3 stuff, and I was like, I miss Danica. Yeah, I love I love her. Like I miss Danica when so much. I got to meet her when um, she was still up here in the Bay working for Crunchyroll. She is just so fucking cool. She's yeah. She's cool. She bought art from Aaron at an AWA because mm-hmm. she was, uh, I think, at AWA for Crunchy. Yeah. Um, and she is just so she's nice. she's, so she's amazing. I love her. Um, shout out to Dan. Shout out to Dan Herod. <laughs> she's amazing. Um, but uh, <laughs> but let's take a quick break and then we'll jump into all the E three shenanigans. E three. that happened at E3. Me and DJ were just talking about how much of how many things are like the regular and air horn, but then just mixed directly into the sad trombone. From the prices right, yeah. That that was me that was me watching like anything cyberpunk where I'm like, yo, this looks amazing. And then they're like, yo, transphobic shit. And I'm like, like immediate. Yo, here's Keanu Reeves. You forgot about the transphobic shit for a second. Oh, but it's still there. So sad. Oh my god! Even even Keanu Reeves, who we must all protect with our lives, cannot save Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven from itself. I gotta I gotta wonder E three like obviously Microsoft was like, "Yo, we got this shit all to ourselves." Basically, this year it was like Microsoft and then publishers, mm-hmm. right? Nintendo has direct. Sony didn't do it this year. Yeah. Sony didn't even. I'm Sony didn't even have like a. A, a PlayStation Direct, basically, no. which they've been doing yeah. during. Yeah, they were just like, "No, nah, we got nothing no, to no, show no, right cool. now." Which is wild because they have like three or four major, major exclusives, yeah. like over the next year. Yeah. Like we got Death Stranding coming out later this mm-hmm. year. We've got the next Last of Us game, mm-hmm. uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. Like, there's still three to four major yeah. exclusives they have. Yeah, and um, then I mean, and the Final Fantasy VII remake, which. The, yes, it's like it, it got a date, which is uh, yeah March third, March third, twenty twenty, which is I think I think a timed exclusive. I'm not sure if it's full exclusive yet or not. Yeah. Um, I mean I pre-ordered it on PlayStation because like 
Okay. Yeah, because that's <laughs> what you do. Uh, I was like, how am I not going to play right, it? Right, right. Um, but, um, yeah, let's just, like, jump into this shit. So... Some E3. Okay. So... Uh-oh, DJ about to lose it. So, during the Microsoft press press conference... Don't you just want to go ape shit, DJ? I... It, it cuts away, and it's like... Uh-huh. And then it's like, the, the screen goes black, and it uh-huh. says world premiere and i'm like okay as it as it does, as, as it does 40 for, more times during that 40, conference yeah, as it does a million times steve bloom comes in yeah. world premiere yeah, and i'm like okay and then i see some anime bullshit i don't see like a face or anything but i but like i can see like a piece of anime bullshit armor in the corner i'm like an immediate chubby for dj immediate chubby what the fuck is this like i'm already horny for this whatever it uh-huh. is uh-huh. it's some anime looking ass armor and i'm like all right cool then it pans out and I see it says, um, it's been years, it's, like, it's been years since I'm like, I'm like mm-hmm. it's been years for a lot of things, a lot of Japanese things, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and one of the most revered, like, I forget, I forget the actual wording of it, but then it pans out and it says, Fantasy Star Online 2, and I'm like, mm-hmm. am I having a fever dream? Uh-huh. Am I actually awake? Because I, I was at work, mind you, I was at work. Like on the clock. Oh, how really? <laughs> yeah. Like I was on I was at work on the clock and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Fanny Star Star Online 2? This isn't real. I'm uh, Did you just I'm I'm being I, I, I am being punked in this moment. Was every Mac display display in the E3 conference? Did you go in there and be like, I'm gonna make all these Oh no, fortunately <laughs> fortunately I was on repairs, so I was in the back. Oh yes. So I had so I had my, I had like I had one AirPod in and I had my and I had my phone out. And I was uh-huh. like, Fantasy Star Online 2, finally. Like, and I think I literally posted like a week ago. I was like, I'm still forever chasing the high of Fantasy Star Online in 2019. And then they go and do this. And they said it's coming. It's powered by Microsoft. Microsoft, of it's all people. It's powered by Microsoft Azure, which is their cloud solution. So I'm like, dedicated servers or something of some kind? Great. Mm-hmm. So that means it'll it'll work. And at first they only said that they were, it was coming on Xbox One because it was announced during the Xbox conference. And then mm-hmm. I see on Twitter that Phil Spencer announced that, oh, it's also coming to Switch. Mm. And I'm like, oh, it's, I, I, I can take it with me. Because I was like, I, I guess I have to dust off my Xbox and play Fantasy Star Online. No, I don't. No, it's on Switch. It's on Switch. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be, you can play it on either one and still keep all of your progress and your characters. Better um, be. It, it fucking better be. Um, but uh, Butterbeer. It, you know, it, it fucking butterbeer better be. Um, <laughs> I am so happy. <laughs> I have been waiting for this moment since 2012. Because I remember going to PAX Prime, back when it was still called PAX Prime, in 2012, no, 2011. Like, I remember, yeah, 2011 being there and like playing it. I'm like, can't wait to play Fancy Star Online 2. Never came out. And then another company apparently had gotten the license for it to bring it to the West. That didn't happen. That was like three years ago. And now, it's allegedly happening, and I think Microsoft Azure powering it, like it, it feels like it's actually tangible and real. Um, so it's it's finally. Uh, I'm I'm very excited to finally play the the MMORPG that really just 
destroyed my life in the Dreamcast era. And, like, I was, I stayed on the fucking dial-up connection. Could anybody call our house? No. Too busy playing. I never, uh, too busy playing fantasy I never played it. I never played it, DJ. So good. I've heard that I've heard that Monster Hunter actually takes a lot. It does. From Fantasy Star. It does. Monster Hunter does take a lot okay. from Fantasy Star for sure. Um, so Monster Hunter World for me was like the closest thing to that. Okay. Um, okay. Which is fine. So like I like once I finally found my weapon, love Monster Hunter World. Um, but uh, yeah, it, that was the closest thing that we have currently to Fantasy Star is that, which is fine. But to finally. To play this anime-ass bullshit game, I am so excited. I'm very excited. Um, I'm excited for people that... Because I, I have a lot of my friends who are just, like, feel the same way. Where it's, like, Fantasy Star 2 is, like, this elusive unicorn that they not they thought they would never be able to play. Or they'd have to jump through crazy hoops to mm-hmm. play it. It's been a thing in Japan all this fucking time. So... Uh, I'm happy... I'm, and I'm, I'm also happy to just, like, look into it. Because mm-hmm. I can see myself liking yeah. it. I don't know if I can do that to myself, like bring another MMO thing into my right. life, um, especially because like Destiny has such a, a strong hold on right. me. Um, that I've, I've been released from it these past three months, mm-hmm. four months, where I haven't really played it. But I know when September comes, I'm going to be right back on that bullshit. Oh, yeah. um, but I'm excited. I'm excited for people to be excited and for me to like look into some anime bullshit online. And the fact that it's free to play too, which is like it makes the barrier to entry even lower. So it's like. <laughs> Why not? Download it, make a character, play a little bit, see if you like it or not, no harm, no foul. So it's... Did, yeah, I'm excited. Did, did I did I fucking tell you, by the way, DJ? I don't know if I told you no, this. tell me. When Destiny comes back anew, mm-hmm. refreshed, redone, mm-hmm. not even redone, but just done over mm-hmm. in September, mm-hmm. it is free to play. Really? Not in its entirety, mm-hmm. but basically what you'll get, it's called Destiny A New Light. Mm-hmm. Um, and... What they do is that you play... They remastered the first mission yeah. from the first Destiny. Mm-hmm. You play that. You play through that. Then you go to the tower. And then everything from Destiny 2, year 1, mm-hmm. is free to play. Nice. Everything. Um, if it is a planet or an area from Destiny 2 stuff past year 1, mm-hmm. you can go to those places and explore them. You can do public events with people. Mm-hmm. You can't do, like, the specific content that is, like, raids or um, uh, strikes mm-hmm. or things that you have to instance into. Right. But all of those worlds are there to, like, be like, hey, this is stuff that's, like, part of this new content if you want to buy it. And all of it's a la carte. It used to be that you had to have, like, pretty much every package before you got the next yeah. one. So now, like, if you don't want to buy, if you don't want to buy Forsaken, which you should because Forsaken's amazing, mm-hmm. you can just buy Shadowkeep. Like, nice. you don't have to do... So they're kind of doing everything, like, a la carte in pieces. But I'm just, like, I'm just so thrilled that if people are, like, ah, maybe I want to play Destiny, yo, there's, like, an entire year's worth of really good content and really good raid stuff that's going to be free. That's awesome. So I'm and excited. That's awesome and really, and really enticing. See, like, see, that's all you got to do is give people a little taste and be like, hey, you like what you see? Mm-hmm. Give us a, little couple, give us a couple dollars, you can have some more. And the thing is, like, Forsaken is when Destiny 2 got, like, really, 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 really good. Destiny 2 was, like, pretty okay, mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, so what I'd like is that, like, it's like, hey, this is the good shit. Mm-hmm. But if you want the really good yeah. shit, just pony up a little bit, but we'll make this shit free. Mm-hmm. And it's, what's nice is, like, I can play with, like, if you're playing the free-to-play content, I can just show up and play with you and have a good time mm-hmm. with you. Like, I love, I love all that about what they're doing with yeah. that. Anyway, not to derail, 
fantasy oh, star. No, but no. I'm excited for people yeah. that want to play sci-fi MMO bullshit in like like later this year, early 20. Because I, I played that, and then Fantasy Star Universe came out on PC, like uh-huh. after, like um, while I was in college. Played the shit out of that. Like one loved, love, love, love. It wasn't as good as Fantasy Star Online, but there was a lot to love about that game. Um, I'm excited because it looks like there's like there is a ton of content, and what's cool is all of the content that has been released for that game since it's been out is going to be there. It's going to be in there. It's going to be free to play. Like mm-hmm. that is like years of content that they've released for that game that's accessible to us. So like I'm excited because like the biggest part for me I love just like staying in character creators and just playing in those creators for a while. And I know mm-hmm. that I'm going to make my perfect little like horny anime titty girl that like my brown <laughs> anime titty girl that's going to be everything that I'm going to play as like for the entire time. I'm going to make like a cute fat boy. I'm going to make a cute like anime cat boy or whatever. I know they've got some bullshit in there for me. So I, I, I can't wait. I'm very excited to revisit that. Well, not even revisit, but like visit, like return to that, that special place in time for me. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm excited to experience that again because I've heard nothing but amazing things about Fancy Star Online too. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm hype. Um, I'm excited to check it out for sure. For yeah. It's going to be free to play. It's coming out soon. Um, I don't, they don't have a confirmed date yet, but I think they just said 2020. Um, but it's coming. Uh, so, um, the Final Fantasy VII remake has a release date. It's real, y'all. And the cynic in me doesn't want to believe that date is real. However, the cynic in me didn't want to believe that Kingdom Hearts Three was going to come out when, once they dated it, and they did. So. I didn't think it'd be bad though, but it was. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't think I didn't think it was gonna. I didn't think that it was not gonna be a great game. That it was. I didn't think that it was gonna be bad as well. Um, I, <laughs> I I need I need to finish it because finish, but man, finish, it is hard. Finish it. it is hard. Finish it. It's hard to finish that game. Um, yes. But finish it because the the last half of that game, once it's done with all the Disney bullshit, is like what I came there for. Okay. I'm like, well, I'll have to get yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. Because right now I need to go fucking, like, talk to Elsa or some shit. Oh, my like, oh, God. The fucking Frozen level is, like... <laughs> it's fucking... I haven't avoided it. I've been like, what else can I do? What else can I do? trash. I fucking hate it. It's so dumb. But we're here to talk about the good side of Tetsuo Nomura. And that extended gameplay trailer that they showed us? Yo, Tifa. I, like... I, I'm in. Like, I... It, it looks amazing. No, the moment they showed and explained how combat worked, yeah. I'm like, I'm in. Because this is exactly this is exactly my all of my complaints with Final Fantasy XV's combat. They fixed it. Uh, combat? They fixed mm-hmm. it. Like, at least how they explained it. Because I'm like, yes, so it looks like I actually hit buttons. Um, I can swap my characters on the fly. Uh, it's just uh, like action RPG combat, but you build up your AT meter, and then you can do like basically what used to be limit breaks. Mm-hmm. You can do special moves or cast magic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, this seems like I really, really love the idea of like how they basically melded Final Fantasy XV's combat with Final Fantasy XIII's stagger system, mm-hmm. which I always thought I was lo- really, really funny. I, really I cool. loved, love the paradigm shift system in paradigm shift is really 13. good, so good, and and melded it with really like Final Fantasy VII's active time yeah. battle meter, mm-hmm. which I think is so cool that they found a, a, a neat way to do that. I'm curious how 
materia is going to work if it's in there at all. Well, they, they showed they, materia they showed, they like showed, physically. They physically showed the materia in there. So I'm wondering if the materia system is going to be the same. And you still augment your abilities based on the weapons and what materia you have. But your materia slots. Yeah, your materia yeah. slots. So I'm really, I'm really interested to see what they do with that. Um, and then the fact that they're like, yo, this game is as long as a normal Final Fantasy. So we're talking probably at the least 30 yeah. hours, because that's how long 15 was, I'd say, if you blasted mm-hmm. through it. Um, it's on two Blu-rays, because mm-hmm. it's too big. Yep. He big. Uh, Final Fantasy Seven. he big. <laughs> um, and I'm excited. I am really excited for them to be like, yo, we just, Midgar is such a cool area. It's such a neat place to inhabit. And it's like 10% of the old yeah. game. And for them to be like, hey, we're going to give you an entire Final Fantasy length experience that's all in Midgar. Like, this this episode ends when you leave Midgar. Yeah. I'm down for that. I'm ready. I'm ready to, like, have these characters be more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to explore more of Midgar. Um, what it makes me wonder, because unless this game's going to go on for 100 years, uh, I feel like what they must be doing is, like, only taking certain parts. I don't think we're going to see everything from seven mm-hmm. i think we're gonna see midgar i think we're gonna see some combination of like the major points from the like overworld mm-hmm. like we'll get cosmo canyon because we gotta have it 13 yeah. right um we'll get um we'll get golden saucer yeah, well, that, well, um, like, that game couldn't possibly exist without having some kind of version of golden saucer in it if it's if it's an area where you uh, you meet and acquire a new party member, I think we'll see that area in the yeah. game. But I really I really I really wouldn't be surprised if like episode two of that game is most of the overworld stuff just condensed down to a couple places. Yeah. Um, and uh, and, I, and I'm curious if there's going to even be an overworld, yeah. like or if it's just going to be if it's going to be more linear where it's like you go to these places, you do stuff, maybe you can revisit them. Yeah. Um, cause otherwise that game, they need to keep it to like three to four episodes. Mm-hmm. If it goes past that, we're talking about a game that's going to be going on for 15 years. Right. So I'm very, very curious how they're going to do it. I'm very excited for how they're going to do it. And I'm real horny for that game, knowing how combat mm-hmm. looks and, and functions. Me um, too. very into it. Uh, there is the announcement of Keanu Reeves and Cyberpunk 2077, a game that I'm really excited about, despite all the fucking stupid bullshit they keep doing. Right. Um, like there, there is that news article about the um, there are some trans, there's like a transphobic, uh, or certainly what could be interpreted, and uh, uh, is a transphobic ad that's in the game. Yeah. Um, there is an interview with the artist who made it who from the interview appears to be a queer woman, mm-hmm. um, not trans, uh, as far as we can tell. Um, and I understood basically like she was saying, like she made the art because the whole point is to show that like commercialism and capitalism, uh, they commodify bodies and they exploit these bodies, um, in ways that are bad. Yeah. And I get that. I get creating a world that has bad stuff in it and bad things, yeah. but, um, the, the way that it was shown, it was in the background of a, a promo thing for NVIDIA's uh, new graphics cards. So it was like, it was shown in a place where there's no context for any of that, which sucks. Um, get a different screenshot that doesn't have that in the background, maybe. Um, uh, or, like, it's so hard, like, I, it still just sucks to have that sort of thing out there 
even in world building, like with the current state of things in the real world. Like I get what I get what the artist is going yeah. for. It's just like and and as well, if CD Project Red didn't have a history of having a social media presence that is engaged in transphobic yeah. jokes, um, there's no reason for us to trust them with any of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So that sucked. I am excited that Keanu Reeves is supposedly in a shit ton of that game. Awesome. Like he's in it, but like there is a thing that like he has a uh, his recording session for that game was like. 15 days oh, or 15 out like there's a lot yeah. or like 15 hours worth of dialogue something oh, crazy shit, that's a lot um there's a rumor because lady gaga let it slip that lady gaga's in that oh, game oh fuck uh-huh uh yeah because there are in cyberpunk 2020 the the tabletop there are like these characters that are like famous mm-hmm. um uh which i think like wh- whoever keanu's character is johnny silverhand mm-hmm. i think maybe um, that that are like famous known quantities, uh, like uh, Matt Matt or Mike Pondsmith, the original creator of uh, of uh, Cyberpunk twenty twenty, who is a black man. Mm-hmm. Um, like there is a character that's a stand-in. It was like his character that he created, uh, Mike Pondsmith. His character that he created for like his session of it basically mm-hmm. is a major character in that that mythos. Um, I'm really really excited for that game because it's a hundred percent my type of shit. Like. An interesting. It, it's like the the first Deus Ex uh, or the first new Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. It seems to be really close to that, which I super super loved. Mm-hmm. Um, I just need them to get their shit together yeah. um, and not do stupid shit that's insensitive. Yes, yeah, I need them to get together with that, but that shit too, because that's not great as of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Um, so we were talking about anime bullshit before. Oh, for sure. Um, so this, it leaked a couple days before E3. Um, there were screenshots of a game that said, oh, this is probably the new Tales game that's coming out. Um, mm-hmm. And it was. Uh, it's called Tales of Rise, and it looks really fucking good. Uh, it's gorgeous. It's, it's really it so beautiful. Good. And what I will say is that, like, there's there are a bunch of, there are a bunch of, like, 3D anime games that are on these current generation of consoles, but... I feel like that they still all kind of look like PS3 games. This with like nicer textures and less jaggies, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because not all PS3 games look bad. And these games don't look bad, but they just look like PS3 games. Like they look, they don't look like games that are currently made for the PlayStation 4 or for PC. No, they don't. Um, there are a few. Ga- there are very few games that have like crazy anime art that look like PlayStation 4 games. Like Kingdom Hearts 3 is one of them. It's like mm-hmm. this looks like a PlayStation Four game, and Mont- and uh, not um, Dragon Quest Eleven is it's mm-hmm. gorgeous. So like those games look like they they belong on, the, on that platform or weren't less like ported from another platform to the current generation. Tales of Arise looks like a PlayStation Four game, and yes, it the cell shading style they use mm-hmm. is gorgeous. Yeah, it looks really really good. Um, my my only concern with Tales of Arise is that like tonally like the tone of the characters it seems way more serious like and mm-hmm. this isn't to say that tales games don't have serious plots because they do um but like the art style was a little bit more like friendlier looking um than than this does like it looks like this is cool anime for like older teenagers and adults which fine there's nothing wrong with that at all um let me look at something real quick tales of the spirit not the spirit yeah uh, yeah, Spiria artist. 
Um, yeah, uh, Kosuke Fujishima did all the designs for um, pretty much all the Tales games up until, I think, Arise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think somebody else is doing the art for those games now. So Kosuke Fujishima is the artist from Oh My Goddess. So, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so they, so like you can look at those things and I'm like, oh, it's Bell Dandy with different hair, which isn't a problem, but it's Bell Dandy with different hair. <laughs> I love Bell uh, Dandy. I love so, Bell okay. Dandy, so it's fine. Um, just give me Erd. Just give me right, Erd. Just put up Erd. Please. Because Erd um, is the queen. Um, what I'm sad about, like, si- like sidebar, sad about, but still excited about, um, they're making a new Sakura Wars game, but Kosuke mm-hmm. Fujishima isn't doing the art. Bullshit. It's the Bleach artist doing the art for it. Uh, and okay. It looks good. Like, the art, yeah, the, art okay. the, the 3D models look good, but I would have rather have seen Kosuke Fujishima's work <laughs> instead. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just a personal preference. Um, it still looks, yeah, that new game still looks good, but it's, you know. From, a, from an old anime head, from, like, you and I, I prefer the older stuff to, to uh, some of the newer stuff. I think what I would like to see, actually, just because I feel like I haven't seen a game look like this. We get lots of, like, new anime mm-hmm. art. Um, like post Moe yeah. style, um, we get that a lot yeah. now. I would love to see someone kind of take the style that everyone's been doing, the cel shaded style. Mm-hmm. But like, give me that eighties ass anime yeah. art. Like, I want to see big fluffy hair. Yeah. I want to see like, I want to see someone make a game that looks like Dirty Pair. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Would fucking die if we had a game that looked like that. Because there's no reason for it no. not to. It's just no one has taken the old anime style and and, and done it with yeah. these new graphics. Um, I would, yeah, I would, I would, I would lose my, lose my like, mind if, if there was a game that Dirty Pair, Bubblegum Crisis, mm-hmm. like that era. That would be sick. That would be really, really sick. Uh, um, I'm excited for a rise because like that's it, action RPG. The way it looks oh, yeah. is dope. It's awesome. I'm really curious what combat's gonna feel like. Um, um, if anything, based on like the little pieces of combat that we saw, it's gonna be an evolution of what Berseria had, um, which uh-huh. it looks like it's more active and it looks like it's less restricted like I didn't see like a combat ring or anything like that to where like you're only stuck in this particular area when you encounter an enemy or anything like that but uh yeah I I just want to see more I'm I'm really looking forward to it I I love the Tales series of games for a while I preferred the Tales games to Final Fantasy games for a long time um so I yeah I'm I'm really interested to see where where um Arise takes us and I really want to play it so let's get real about a couple things real mm-hmm. quick. Breath of the Wild sequel. Yes. Like, I mean... The, the, thing, the thing is, is, the thing that's so frustrating is, like, Zelda's there. Mm-hmm. Zelda's got a bisexual bob. <laughs> Thank you. She does. Zelda, she has a haircut, which means she's adventuring. Mm-hmm. Which means she's, she's right there with Link. Love that. Um, you know I'm like, do we get to play as Zelda? Yeah. At least, do we get to play as both of them? You know that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. But I have a good year now of like, but what if we get to play as Zelda? Mm-hmm. Um, based on speculation from all of that, though, uh, well, A, the internet is horny for uh, Ganon's mummy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> everyone's like, just rehydrate him. Yep. Uh, but there's so much in that trailer that's like, uh, it actually, someone made a really good point. If you play Breath of the Wild, when they like tell you the, the Hyrule story mm-hmm. and they show like the original, uh, uh, the original like knight, uh, the protector. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like Link. It looks like yeah. Ganon. Like, it has red hair, mm-hmm. and it's fighting this big thing. So I'm like, what if Ganon was, like, the original? Like, he was, like, the original knight. Yeah. He was who Link was way far mm-hmm. back. 
Um, and whatever this like thing is, this creepy thing that grabs, looks like it grabs at Link, mm-hmm. like grabbed at Ganon, like turned him evil. What if that happens to Link? What if you're Zelda and you have to save Link? Would it be amazing? Because Link is taking her. It's not, it's not gonna, gonna happen. happen. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. That's the that's the fan version of what would actually happen. That is that is my yeah, Zelda that, game. Yeah, that is, that is my yeah, Zelda, that game. Is Zelda game that we want. But and then when it ends, uh, uh, Ganon's brought back and he's okay. And Link is brought back, and he's okay. And then they all smash O2-3. Yeah, and um, they all kiss at the end. And they all kiss at the end. And then it gets really nasty if you put in the code. Um, <laughs> I'm really, really excited, though. Breath of the Wild was, like, what, it's one of the most perfect games I've ever yeah, played. It's so it's um, so good. It, it's such a it's good game. It's so good. And by all means, like, you know, I would have been happy for a new Zelda, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think Breath of the Wild um, changed the game so much and there's so much there and there's so much with the way that game works mm-hmm. that I, I i'm excited for new verbs like i'm excited for new ways to interact with that mm-hmm. world but i didn't need like i was so happy with breath of mm-hmm. the wild i didn't need them to to go somewhere new or change the game again right. like i'm so happy with there being a direct sequel of just more like it's the way that people felt after ocarina getting majora yeah. you know mm-hmm. it's like this is so good and you guys can make a new one faster because you can share yeah, assets. Yeah, we're using the so same like, engine, so it's not like you're building it all from the ground up again. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm just I'm very very excited. So for I'm that. like I'm really I'm really intrigued about what, in terms of like the mythos of of Hyrule in this particular world, like of like what, what's next? What yeah? What's going to happen? Like what is who is that? Like that 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 hydro, that dehydrated mummy? I want to know. It's got to be. It's got to be Gandorf. It has got to be Ganon. It has that red mm-hmm. hair. It has like the 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 diadem on the mm-hmm. head, like that Ganondorf usually wears that sort of like uh, piece on his head. Mm-hmm. Usually, if it's not, that's wild. Yeah. Um, I'm just, ugh, I'm just so. Yeah. I just want these questions answered. Mm-hmm. I just want to play a Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, I want her to sound less breathy. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. Every time she talks in the first game, I'm just like, I don't mind the voice, but it sounds like she's out of breath every yeah, time like, she talks. Or she's doing ASMR. It just sounds like she's like every time there's a there's a blood moon, she's just like like yeah. trying to give Link the she's tinglies. Like, just like the blood moon rises again. The blood moon rises, Link. You have to be careful out there, Link. Imagine imagine you're getting a haircut. This is the sound of the scissors. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> Oh damn, there's a big Oh it's storm wow, it's storming oh, wow. outside. And, sorry, it just it doesn't like lightning here mm-hmm. much. And I actually, I literally can't see. There's a building next to me that I can't see right now because it's raining so oh, hard. <laughs> so, y'all, if the podcast suddenly stops, this is what happened. <laughs> I lost. I'm dead. Um, uh, Astral Train looks good as shit. That anime-ass bullshit game looks so good. Um, if you, Platinum on their bullshit. If you haven't watched the Nintendo Treehouse footage of that game, there's two 30-minute sessions of that game from E3. Mm. Give me that game. This is this is the only the only way you're gonna get me excited about right. cops. You make a horny anime cop. You make a horny anime cop, and I'm like, okay, I guess you're yeah. a cop. This is the only time, only time I'm okay with this. Yeah. Cop. Oh man, I'm I'm ready for that bullshit. Give me that game. Yeah. Um, I do want to get to the two the two queens that won E3. Yes. Give it up. Just just this is my segment E3 queens. Um, Yukimi Nakamura came out in the Bethesda. Uh, Press so conference. Good. If you didn't watch her introduce her game, Ghostwire Tokyo, mm-hmm. a the trailer for Ghostwire Tokyo is like 
I want to know. Amazing. I want to know more. I want to know more. I want to yeah. see more. I want to know what that's all about. Very, very few details. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's uh, she started like she's been working under Shinji Mikami yeah. for forever. It's like old school Resident Evil, um, though she wasn't around back then. But like she did a background art for a background art for Okami. Mm-hmm. Um, she worked on the Evil Within mm-hmm. games. Uh, if you look back at her work from that stuff, like she's good as hell. She worked on and Ghostwire. She also worked game. on Bayonetta too. Yeah, she worked on Bayonetta. She did designs for Bayonetta. Um, and this this new game is her game. So. Um, she was adorable. She was earnest. She was exactly what E3 yeah. needs. I need Phil Spencer. You're fine. Like, you're great. Um, but I just need less dudes in mm-hmm. suits that work at these companies telling me about uh, the, the the most powerful system. A let's, truly immersive let's experience. Let's be clear, though. We need less dudes in blazers with a fucking t-shirt and, like, ill-fitting jeans on stage. Is what Here, we it's need. like, here's my Think Geek t-shirt under a blazer and like, jeans that don't I, like, fit I right. fucking hate it. Like, go, like, order something from fucking Fashion Nova. Like, order something from H... There's an H&M right there. And if you didn't see, again, Akumi's outfit, perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. All black, Night, like there's like a like mesh panels on her mm-hmm. jacket, like perfect. Uh, she must be protected yeah, at, at all costs. costs. Same, same as Keanu, protect at mm-hmm. all costs. Um, and then the other queen, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Nessa, yeah. a queen, a queen, yeah. Akumi and Nakamura, and Nessa, the two queens mm-hmm. of E3. We must we, stand, we have to, we must that's, protect. That's, that's what we do here. Um, join their army, yeah. Um, and that was a perfect segue, because I want to talk about the Nessa discourse that's happening on Twitter right now. Oh, okay. okay. I want to oh. talk about that real quick. Um, okay. All I have to say is, I, well, I have to say a couple of things. So what I have to say is this. So when, you, and as an artist, when, and as a black person. What? Right. <laughs> those two things can exist at the same time. DJ I, I know, I know. I, I, I tend to... Black Mage, out. Yeah, this fall. Black Mage coming out on October 29, 2019. Period is available now on Amazon. Um, <laughs> Man, you look like you had that like, it's, like it's like I... Like yeah, it's like I've been like, trying yeah. to promote this book for months. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Like, people can draw whatever they want to draw. People can do fan art of whatever they want to do fan art of. Um, fan art, it lends, it's open to interpretation. All that stuff, Fine. But let's talk mm-hmm. about when we are whitewashing characters and then when we want Mm-mm. to try to blame our whitewashing on, oh, the lighting of this. Nobody understands how lighting works. It's like, no, 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 no. We understand how lighting works. You don't understand how to light dark-skinned people. Mm-hmm. Like, all you have to do is go to Google and look, type in, like black photographers or black photography or or anything like the resources are right in front of you if you want to see what like a what like pastel colors like you you're, if you're going for like a pastel theme what that does to black and brown skin you can do that mm-hmm. all those resources are there um also how, how the fuck you finish the piece no matter how you right. lit it or how how do you finish that piece and go yes this looks accurate yeah. This looks like the I mean, especially if you're character. if you're if you have the photo ref- the photo reference of the character sitting right there, because this is a new character. Not everybody's gonna know how to draw her off the top of their head. You're looking at the character to make sure that you want to get you get everything else right. You got everything else right. You got her fucking floaties on her goddamn sandals right. But why she look like a white girl? 
She's not a white girl. And did correct me if I'm wrong, DJ, because I'm not mm-hmm. an artist. So maybe this isn't this doesn't help. But there is an eyedropper tool. Yeah. So if you want, if you're if you don't know where to start, at the very least, there you go. Just eyedrop the color just, that the, of her of her skin tone. It's right there. You get the skin mm-hmm. tone. You get the hex for the skin right. tone. You get all of it. Right. And at least you have a baseline. Right. And then maybe once you do it, you go, oh hey. Uh, this looks lighter than it should because of how I'm doing right. this. Let me change it up. And like the and like the thing that I was seeing from people that they're like, oh well, like you know, like different lighting situations will change, like how light reflects on skin. Well, like yes, it does. But when mm-hmm. the light reflected on the skin is the only thing that changes, and the rest of the colors on her on, on her outfit are the same saturation as they are normally. That you, that if you just color drop them, that's not that's not what you're doing. You are deliberately no. whitewashing that character. You are whitewashing that character. Because you you selectively applied it to just, to just the skin. skin. And what was the, what was the show on? Um, was it HBO? Insecure. Uh, yes, and Insecure specifically, there is a, a whole article about lighting people of yeah. color that they did from that show mm-hmm. because that show it's be- it's is a great example lit. of how to light people yeah. of color for film. Like fucking watch Riverdale. Like if anything, take screen yeah. from fucking <laughs> Riverdale and like any scene that Josie is in, like screen cap those because. Yeah, Josie in, in the Riverdale is is black. So just mm-hmm. screen cap those if you want to see how like lighting works for for dark skinned people in different scenarios. Um, but what I will say though is, no matter the discourse, there has to be a way for us to discuss like white like when when it comes to fan art of whitewashing characters when it comes to fan art of, of something without doing two things without one quote especially for like like eyes specifically didn't quote tweet that artist and like and was like whitewashing blah 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 because what I don't want to do is for me having over like close to 14,000 fucking Twitter followers I don't want to sick 14,000 people on (laughs) I don't want to sick that that amount of people on on an artist that drew something and over them making a mistake with something I don't want to sick this whole audience of people on them to dunk on them like like, I I don't think that it's like you don't have to do that to to get to get your point across um Mm -hmm. and also like for for the love of fucking god it is never appropriate unless the person asks you to take their art and draw on top of it or edit quote unquote their art and saying fix that for you it's like no 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 like don't do that. If the person Mm-mm. is asking for a critique, or if you talk to that person saying, hey, could I give you a critique on something? And they say, cool, yeah, then, yeah, do you mind if I redline this to kind of give you some ideas on, like, how to either change this up or make it better? Then, of course, then you have, then you, then you have, you have the, you have the consent from the artist to go ahead and make those changes for them to show them how to improve. Like, like, I mean, anybody that's on Twitter, it, Twitter, like, Social media, as in general, is performative. Like, no matter no matter how 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 much or how little you engage in it, there is a there is some level of of performance in that. So everybody's on there because like why would why would you share anything? Why share anything on social mm-hmm. media if you don't want some sort of a response? So, but I think we have to be a little bit more responsible with how we approach conversations like this, and especially since like in social media we don't there's like very little room. For nuance, because people are so quick to take tweets out of context and make things 
bigger than they actually are and all of that stuff. And then our timelines also make make problems that we see on there much bigger than they actually are in terms of looking outside of social media. So I, I really just wish that we would at least extend a little bit of grace to people when it comes to that. Unless that person is specifically being an asshole and is like deliberately like like no I don't see anything wrong with this like what's what like this isn't whitewashing this is like my interpretation and blah 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 blah, blah this and that it's like then that person has to kind of wrestle with and dismantle their own anti-blackness that they're dealing with and that's something for them to solve it's not up for us to solve that for them um, so we just have to be really mindful of that and then I saw the people and what I also see too I also saw this in regards to Barrett in Final Fantasy in the Final Fantasy 7 remake is that mm-hmm. they're like oh like they don't look black enough. And I'm like, what does that even fucking mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we, like, like, blackness is not a monolith. We come in many different shades. We look very mm-hmm. different. We look very different. So, so when, when, when you say things like that, I would, I would urge you to take a step back and <laughs> to think and take just take the, take a step back <laughs> and think critically for like another couple of minutes and be like what do, what does that even mean what he doesn't look black enough what does that mean what in my mind what does a black person look like and it shouldn't be like a, this is what a black person looks like this is a, like if i were to like presto change up that's a black person like, if that's your only idea of what we all look like, that's a problem. He's got chest hair and a big titty. Yeah, he's, that's yeah, all he's got I chest hair and a big titty. Like, I, like, like, <laughs> please, like, uh, please, I'm ready to risk it all. Um, he, like, <laughs> he, he looks amazing. I'm, I'm so excited for that fucking game. I'm mm. so excited for that shit. Um, you know, DJ, when you only have uh, a thousand Twitter followers like me, you don't have to worry about, uh, Dunk all, dunk all you want. There's only <laughs> I only got a thousand of you. So yeah, I mean, I just I just think of it like this: like when you when you have when you have that kind of a platform, you have a you have sure. a responsibility. Like you, yeah, and when you don't, you have yeah, freedom. And if you, and so if dunk, you don't, go ham. <laughs> dunk, do, do dunk whatever you want. do. Whatever you do. This do, isn't a cry for more followers. Yeah, this isn't what this is. Do whatever you do. <laughs> do whatever you want to do. Un- unfollow me. It's too it, much responsibility. It, it, I mean, honestly, it's fine. Unfollow me. Great. Please, please it's do. It's fine. I would love I, nothing more. I, please do it because yeah, when people I, come to me, I'm not crying. I like I follow you on Twitter. I say I am very sorry because it's a fucking mess. No, but please follow me, dear God. Um, <laughs> someone see my um, comedy. Yeah. Um, listen to my other podcast, please, dear God. Um, <laughs> no, but true, true, good. Good discourse on the discourse. Yeah, that's what I have to say about the Nessa discourse. Um, yeah, and that's that and on the, that. Yeah, and that's that on that, period. Um, so. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to get some... Uh, oh, okay, I have a thing to say, just real quick. <clears throat> so, uh, I'm just saying, everyone's all concerned about, uh, 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 like, uh, 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 non-gendered bathrooms and what trans people are going to be up to in that. Listen, we got a doctor disrespect problem. Yeah, we have a doctor. Yeah, see, y'all. We have a doctor y'all disrespect are problem. About, oh my god, what like a trans woman is using the bathroom? You have a fucking grown ass cis man video recording people in bathrooms. I don't want to hear shit. I don't want to hear Twitch nothing already made, else. Twitch already made a law. 
They banned him. I don't want to hear shit else. I'm going to take it to Congress. It. No more Dr. Disrespects in these bathrooms. I don't want to hear shit else about it. I don't hear None anything. Trans rights are human rights. Platforms. Period. Mm. DJ said it. Um, so I do want to, want to mention one other thing. Because, oh, here we go. Because I already know that when a certain somebody listens to this podcast, and if I don't mention it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get read to filth. So Uh-oh. what I will say, what also happened during E3, uh-huh. we are finally getting a remaster of Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, Lord. I'm so excited about For this. For all ten of you that like that game. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, I'm actually really, I'm actually really excited. I can see your fiancé, like, giving you daggers <laughs> from behind, over your shoulder. I'm gonna... <laughs> I could see, I could see Brandon just like, no. So, Final Fantasy VIII yeah. is good. I'm excited. I'm excited for every. I'm excited for it to be Wind Waker all over mm-hmm. again. Y'all didn't like it when it came out, and it's one of the best Zelda games. Final Fantasy VIII. Y'all didn't like when it came out. It's amazing. It's about a bunch of Antifa chill child <laughs> soldiers trying to stop a time a queen. Time queen, yes. We stand a time from, queen from compressing all of time into one moment. <laughs> you you get into a you get into a fight in a hockey rink in that game. <laughs> oh, thank God. There's a, there's a, you fight hockey players in that game. <laughs> I'm excited. Like, I, I'm actually, I actually am really excited. To there's a teacher with a whip. <laughs> I want to re- revisit that game with fresh eyes. You can't tell me you don't want to play a game with a teacher with a whip. You know, like, I, I, I do like the idea of a teacher with a whip. I do like that. Guardian forces make you forget your childhood. <laughs> oh, fuck. That shit's real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I, like, I always, I always uh, tease Brandon about that. Renoa but... shoots a dog off her forearm. Yeah, she launches a fucking dog off her forearm. What the fuck? Yeah, she launches a dog off her forearm. <laughs> like it's a fucking Nerf yeah, blaster. Thank God. Final Fantasy VIII is amazing. <laughs> I am, I am Y'all excited to, realize. To, to revisit that game. And look don't, give, don't give me this fake. Don't give me this fake. No, excitement. I am. No, I'm serious. This, I'm serious. Don't give me no, this fake. No, I'm serious. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. I'm excited for y'all to realize. <laughs> Play it and realize. <laughs> yes, yes. Is Squall a pant load? Yes. <laughs> But is Zella perfect baby? Yes. <laughs> is Selfie adorable? Sure, yes. Adorable. Can Quistis step on me? Absolutely. <laughs> Does it have the best card game in all of video games? Yes. Sorry, Hearthstone. <laughs> <laughs> what about Gwent? Uh, I don't even fuck with Gwent. <laughs> I don't know her. I don't see her. I don't fuck with Witcher. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought about it. Not because I don't think it's, I'd like it. I'm sure mm-hmm. I'd like it, but I can't fuck with that long yeah, game right much. now. Okay, and you know if I fuck with Witcher, I'm not going to play Witcher. I'm play Gwent. It's, so yeah, like I, I know what you're about, and I know what you're going to do. It'll be Blitzball you, all over you again. Get to the point to where you can play Gwent in the game. And you won't do anything else. No, I, it'll, I'll never. It'll be just like Final Fantasy X. I never finished it. I played 30 hours. Why? Like, it's so bad. I love Blitzball. <laughs> That song is the best. If that song wasn't so good, I probably wouldn't have played Blitzball. But that song's perfect. Also, that was that was that was very special and important bonding time with Waka. Um. So. And so that's can important. We talk about how Waka is a bigot. What? Oh, against against the, against the Besaid? Against the Albed? I'm not trying to marry him. <laughs> right. I just want people to know. I, yeah. No. I mean, I yeah. fuck him. I oh, right, marry no, him. I would absolutely have sex with him too, but I wouldn't call him back the next day. No, for sure, because yeah, he's a bigot against the Besaid. Um, so... Or whoever. Is it the Besaid? No, it's the Albed. 
The Abed. The Abed. The island. Yes, he's he's Besaid. He's Besaid. Yeah. He's because Besaid. his team is the Besaid yeah. Aurochs. So and the and the whole thing was was when they when like they when the, when um when Riku rescues him and then he wakes up and they're like, guess who fucking saved you, bitch? That bitch over there. You want to know what she is? She is Albed. So what do you what do you and Waka's like? What do you think now? Waka's like a slur. A slur to the Albed. I'm like Waka. Waka, stop. You fucking bigot. Voiced by mm-hmm. Bender from Futurama. Yeah. Was he? Look it up. That's, that's him. It's Bender. That's John Imagine. Bender from Futurama is Waka. Yo, playing Gears of War again because Mark uh, Marcus Phoenix is also uh, John DiMaggio, and it's just like all—it's it, not the same voice, but it's close enough that all I can hear yeah. is Bender. <laughs> that changes right. that game. <laughs> Drastically changes that game. Drastically changes um, that wow, game. Wow, what a tangent! Let's uh, answer some questions. I'm gonna g- let's answer. Which it's funny. I'm looking at these questions, and we actually answered a lot of them in our discussion. Um, okay, but this is so from Gay Throne. Uh, who is your favorite video game twink? Link, I'm sorry. Is, there, is, this, is this really a question? Is there, is there, no, is there any your... other answer other than Link? Link the twink. Link is, yeah, Link is the twink of all twinks. It's right there. It's right, it's right there. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider uh, Cloud, like, Cloud's built like a twink. Okay, Cloud used to be a twink, but then they showed Cloud that remake, and I was boy. like, Cloud ain't... They gave Cloud some muscles finally. I mean, like, like, he's like not twink, big, like, but he's, he's a twunk. He's 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 got, he's <laughs> used to be a twink. Yeah, he's twunk. He twunk now. Yeah, like Zach is the non-twink version mm-hmm, of him, mm-hmm. basically. He took he took a <laughs> he's a twink who wasn't interested enough, so he took someone else's memories. <laughs> That's what Final Fantasy VII's about. <laughs> okay, but isn't Sephiroth the ultimate twink? I guess he would be the ultimate twink. He's got the twink body, but he has that big dick energy that ain't <laughs> twink at all. You know what I'm saying? Also, he's covered in leather, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to make of Sephiroth. Mm, yeah, that's a different. That's a different that's, kind yeah, of. Yeah, that's a different. That's a different. That's a different something. kind of guy. It's it's something. I don't know what that something is, but it's different. Um. Bunny Cartoon asks, uh, yay, Bunny, uh, do we still remember that the makers of Cyberpunk 2077 made a transphobic joke on Twitter? Uh, yes. Oh, Did Keanu make everyone forget? For like oh, two yeah, minutes. For like two minutes, definitely. I was like, yeah, Keanu, yes, this game. And I was like, oh, that's right. <laughs> Fix your shit. Um, hold oh. On. I... For... Let's see. I have an email. A new video game tweet? Of a, yeah, of a oh. new, yes. Of a new video game. A, a new challenger. Uh, like almost, almost every anime boy is a twink because uh, they're yeah, all almost all of them are. You're you're right. Um, they're all baby. I, I thought I had a question here. While you yeah. find that, uh, Orc Pegging asks, which games were you excited for until realizing you'd have to play as John video games, the default white male character? Um, you can make your own character in Cyberpunk, right? Yes. So actually, what I'm pissed off about is that last year they showed you playing the female version of V. And this year they showed you playing the kind of hot but boring looking white guy version of V, which like I, maybe that's a quality. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the box art they showed is the male version. And I was like, y'all, like, I know I can make my own character. I know that I can like choose skin color. Supposedly that character creator is going to be pretty open about gender stuff, too, which is good. Um, that's the rumor, at least. But when you make your box art, just another like white dude, I was like, 
you could have made it anyone. You could have made it the lady version of V. You could have made it a person of color, like fucking God forbid. So that was disappointing that the box art was like, here's the white guy. Um, I'm trying to think if there was... Um, that's like everything, though. It's like, why wasn't Hermione the main character in Harry Potter? Why wasn't Sakura the main character in Naruto? Um, despite it being called Naruto. <laughs> and also Harry Potter being called <clears throat> Harry Potter. Um, that's pretty common. Uh, let's see. Got some other questions. Um, I got a question from from uh, from Spencer. And Spencer says, this is coming from our, our email inbox. Um, this is from a little bit ago. Oh. This is from like late May. Um, sorry for taking so long to get to your email. Um, so it says, hey guys, I was wondering what you guys thought about people who watch Let's Plays if video get Let's play a video games on YouTube. I usually do. I usually do this when I want to get a glimpse of a game, and I, that I may be on the fence about playing to see if I'll enjoy the gameplay slash mechanics, etc. Before I commit to it. In your opinion, do you think it quote unquote spoils some of the experience for me, as opposed to going into the game blind? Thank y'all for making fun. Con- thank y'all for being fun content creators and stay nasty, magical boys. Did did we answer this? Um, I don't think we. I don't know if we. I don't remember if we answered. It. If we if we did though, I mean, we can revisit it though because I think it's it's a good like. I, I mean, I think let's play is yeah, a great. Me too. Like, I think it's a great where if you don't have the money but you want to experience a game, mm-hmm. if you don't have um, like if you have a disability um, that keeps you from playing mm-hmm. games, um, if you just don't have the skill level for a game, like there's definitely games like Sekiro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I just want to know what happens in the story, but I don't know if I want to be frustrated by playing it. Um, uh, I know, uh, Aaron all the time will just put on Breath of the Wild Let's Plays without any talking, just because it's, like, it's soothing yeah. for her, um, because she just loves that mm-hmm. world so much. Um, yeah, I think it's, I don't know, I think it's a great way to experience games without having to do, without having to deal with a lot of the, uh, uh, gates or lots of a lot of the like entry points that you have to have like a console or or a pc or uh uh, like controller skills or like whatever Mm -hmm. the fuck it is yeah no um i i agree like i i enjoy a let's play um i especially just i enjoy speed run i like seeing i like seeing people break the shit out of a game break it amazing break it um but yeah i think like especially if it's because we all have, like, our tastes, we all have our habits of things that we like to play, that we kind of, like, this is my lane of video games that I like to play. And then if you see something that's like, huh, well, this looks neat. It's not something that I usually play. I do want to kind of get an idea that's not, like, a press kit trailer. I want to see, like, the actual game happening. And then it will kind of determine if, hmm, I'll give it a shot, I'll play it, or maybe this isn't for me. I think it's a great way to determine if you want to buy a game or not. So... Um, if you're super like, oh, I hate spoilers, then I don't know if let's plays are exactly the best thing for you. Um, but if you're like cool with being spoiled, quote unquote, with some of the content of the game, then why not? Why not watch the let's play? No harm, no foul, as far as I'm um, Yeah, to be honest, like, so we didn't really talk about Google Stadia, mm-hmm. um, which was the thing that got announced and was a big deal. Um, but like, that is a that is one of the few cool things I think Stadia mm-hmm. has is that like, if you're watching a let's play on YouTube mm-hmm. about a game, Google Stadia should be like, yo, do you want to play this game right now? Just click this and start the game. Um, which is cool. Like, I think that's really, really rad. Um, and just to talk about Stadia really quick, cool idea. Don't think that we're there yet for I the infrastructure. Yet, and also just doesn't, 
<clears throat> also, just doesn't add anything. Like, you don't know how if game's going to be on the platform or not right now. Um, we don't know what price it is. Why would I pay $60 for the license to stream a game versus p- p- playing it to own a physical copy? Mm-hmm. Or even pay, like, uh, paying that money to buy a license to download a game so I can play it whenever, unless it requires online to play. Um, it's a cool idea. I think like we're a little bit away from it, but also if I was going to do the idea, I don't know why I wouldn't do it. Like X cloud will be a thing sometime mm-hmm. next year from Microsoft. <clears throat> yeah. Why wouldn't I do it with Microsoft when they are at least stable right. in right. that world already or from Sony or from whoever? Um, it's interesting. I was tempted to buy the Founders Edition just so that I like could try it out, and it, it was like a sort of a, kind of a good deal for all the stuff you get with it. But I just think it's I don't know. I just think we're not there yet, speed wise. Yeah. Maybe when there's five G across all of America, and most of us just do our internet through our phone companies, because mm-hmm. five G will be gigabit speed yeah. or close. Then maybe then. But until then, I I just don't know. Uh, but I do like that. I do like games being available to more yeah. people on more platforms to play on your phone. Democratizing games is always going to be good. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And this actually is a great segue into like the last question that I think we can tackle before we uh, wrap up the show. Um, this one comes uh-huh. from Isabella. Um, Isabella says, um, I'm, I'm arguing, uh, well, wait, she has, it's two emails. Wait, because it was broken Ooh. in half. Um, it's Beefy. A, Hi, DJ and Ruben. I just found your podcast and I'm slowly moving through your backlogs of the podcast. I started listening to your episode your episode of the year in review of 2017 that seems so long ago what what actually is Ugh, time God, it is. forever ago um you guys talked briefly about access uh, accessibility when ruben mentioned his time playing persona 5 and the calendar that he used to get through the game and it got me thinking about accessibility in games as a whole i'm currently writing a paper for my video game english class about the community of pokemon go and the discussion about quote-unquote casual games versus quote-unquote hardcore games I argue that because of the disdain for the cat for the quote unquote casual gamer. Let me go to the second email, which is right here. Um, I'm I'm arguing that because of the distinction people make between quote unquote casual gamers versus quote unquote hardcore gamers. Um, there's a sense of gatekeeping within the gaming world. So, for example, when I interviewed people who played the core Pokemon games, Emerald, Platinum, Red, etc first and grew up with the games look down on people who are just now joining Pokemon, the Pokemon community through Pokemon Go since the new people aren't quote-unquote real Pokemon fans because they haven't played the core games. My question, therefore, is do you think there is a way we as a community can get rid of this toxic behavior of creating the divide of quote-unquote casual and quote-unquote hardcore? And if so, how? Thanks, Isabella. We talk about this regularly on the show. Um, we mm-hmm. we bring up uh, gatekeeping and this kind of bullshit with games and anime and that's like pop culture stuff as a whole. Um, I guess to kind of reiterate what we normally talk about pretty regularly on the show is that um, why is it a problem for someone to be introduced to a thing through a spinoff, through... A, a mobile version of a game or whatever. I think a lot of that stems from kind of from like the older generation, like, like, like for Ruben and I, um, for where games and being a nerd, quote unquote, wasn't really popular until like the early 2000s. And so for mm-hmm. us growing up, not, not speaking for Ruben and I, but for people in our generation, some of us, not all of us, that 
were quote-unquote nerds that liked anime and video games and all that stuff before it was in the kind of pop culture zeitgeist of what's considered to be popular or mainstream were made fun of for those things, were bullied for those things and all that stuff. So there's a lot of resentment that's built up there from that because now all of a sudden these things that we found to be really interesting that we that, that we had to search for and find because we didn't have access to the internet and and whatever, whatever, like comic book shops are so far and few between, you were finding bootleg VHS tapes of, of anime that's been fan subbed and copied over onto VHS tapes over and over and over again. And now, all of a sudden, all this stuff is now accessible to everybody. And because it's now accessible, you feel some type of way about, well, I like this thing first. And when I liked this thing and was being open about liking this thing, I was made fun of for this, or I was angry about, or, or I was bullied for this, or whatever. So there, that's part of it. Um, and then, like, th- this, and this is coming from a lot of men that do this. I don't really ever encounter women that do this. Um, which I'm sure there are that they, I'm sure that they're out, they're out there, but this usually comes from cis white men who like, because they're the ones that usually typically have the most access to all this stuff. So when something like that happens, like, I mean, and at this point it happens across the board, no matter race, gender, whatever, um, it happens across the board. So what doesn't make sense to me is like, why would you be upset for somebody getting into the thing that you like? Be, just because it wasn't the main, the quote unquote mainline version of something, like I think it's so cool that some of my friends who have never experienced Pokemon, like experienced Pokemon for the first time through Pokemon Go, which has actually got them interested in playing the mainline games. Like, and then when that person comes to me, it's like, hey, like really like Pokemon Go, I want to start playing the actual main Pokemon games. Where should I start? For you as a person that's like the Pokemon guru of your friend of your or of your group of friends or whatever, you're the you are the Pokemon, you're the Pokemon master of your group of friends. To me, what I would do, this is what I do when it comes to Sailor Moon, when people are like, hey, never seen Sailor Moon before. You talk about it all the time. Where do I start? I'm like, well, welcome, my child. Welcome. <laughs> this is where you start. This is where this is where I think that you could start and really kind of understand the tone and and everything and kind of get into it. And then I'll let you go and discover from there. You should be a resource for that person to like get them started. Like if the person wants to get into IV training in Pokemon, like because they start playing Pokemon Go and they want to take a stab at the real games and they're really into it, like help them. It's like I see you're really like you're really enjoying it. That's fucking dope. Let me show you how to IV train. Let me show you how to super train. Let me show you how to get into all this deep, deep ass bullshit. Like I have so many coworkers that um, that have switches now and all play Smash, and they don't really. A lot of them didn't really have a lot of experience with Smash Brothers, but they all fucking love it now. So all that's done for us is that we have become closer as friends because we're bonding through this thing that we all share and enjoy together. And I'm not gonna go to the person that's like, huh, you're not. It's like. You're not a real Smash Brothers fans. Have you not played every version of the game? If you don't know who the original 12 characters are in Smash Brothers from Nintendo 64, you're not really a Smash Brothers fan. Like, that's so stupid. That's that's so dumb to me. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you be like that to somebody? So all that we can do as people that are into all of this stuff, when someone asks you about something and they're curious about it, be like, hey, like, 
check out this episode here. Um, here's a plot synopsis from this. Um, here's like a really great fan group here. Uh, like point them in the places to that, that point them to those communities and those places where you go to for to getting all your information for that for that thing that you like. It's so easy to just be cool about it and be like, "Welcome to the fold. Let's get you started." Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was Isabella, yeah. right? Yeah, so first of all, as well, thank you for uh, joining uh, the show uh, and listening and, and, and everything that's awesome. Um, short answer, no, in my opinion. Long answer, yes, but what it's going to require is, um, and to some of what TJ said as well, um, because of the scarcity, or the or for, for people that are like from our, uh, that are a little bit older, uh, not that we're, we're not even old, yeah. but you know what I mean? From like the older nerd generation where like being a nerd was like, oh, not mainstream yet. Um, certainly like to me, what it comes down to is people, uh, it becomes yeah, identity, it becomes identity. Right. and we live in a society where, uh, because of how society works, where everything has like really strict values placed upon it monetarily, mm-hmm. even, um, there is inherent value to, I spent my time or my money on this. And that's not, nothing's wrong yeah. with that, but because there's, um, and because I, I this stuff goes back, it always goes back to this for me because I think, um, as much as I indulge in it, capitalism is like late capitalism, especially is like super yeah. evil. Um, but what it does is it causes because of that society and, and the structure of it, it causes people to place so much value and identity on the things that they consume. Mm-hmm. And liking anime, liking video games is not a replacement it's for a personality. personality. It's um, like, you know, your personality shouldn't be a PC gamer. Um, it's great if you love playing video games. It's great if you want to have a career in video games. It's great if that's like the most important thing in your life, but it doesn't need to be who right. you are. And I think until people stop conflating that, until people stop defining themselves and building identities off of these things, um, there's always going to be that gatekeeping. Because when people make it as personal to them um, as that, they are... Uh, they they are incredibly reluctant to easily share it with anyone outside of it or had an, who had an easier time getting access to it. Um, and again, because so much of society tells us that we don't deserve things unless we bust our ass for them. Um, you can't, uh, uh, you know, the idea of you can't be successful unless you work yourself right. sick. That crunch is a thing that you have to do. Um, all of these things, all of these things that are like terrible for humans um but because of the way our society is set up at a global scale we believe we must do them to be people of value to be people that deserve uh health care or housing or any of these things um until that changes until we stop associating identity with our consumption because our consumption is a direct uh, result of the hard work that we do because it's the only way for us to to, to get these things. Um, I think it's going to keep happening, um, and and until other people stop uh, uh, imposing their value system that built their identity onto other people who maybe share the same identity um, because they had to work. It's 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 the kind of boomer versus millennial thing where it's like, well, I had to do this and it was so hard for me. So it has to be hard for you or you didn't deserve it or you're a snowflake. And it's like, no, we should like, I love that Evangelion is going to be on Netflix on Friday because it means all these people can see it. And I had such a hard time like getting shitty quality rips off the internet for it. The, the individual like, DVDs for Ava 
were so expensive. Like, going to oh. Southern Coast Video, they were like 50 bucks for like four episodes. I, to complete my Platinum Collection DVDs that I have, probably cost me 200 yeah, that, bucks easy. I think I paid 200 for that for that edition of the box set. And that sucks because I was in a position where, like, I had a high school job. I had an okay life mm-hmm. at home that, like, I could afford to right. do that. But a lot of right. people can't. So the more we make this stuff available to people, mm-hmm. the better. And there's going to be certain people that are upset because uh, because to them, and this is the point, because to people that make it such an extreme part of their identity and value it that much, if someone has access to it easier they feel like it devalues them or their right. experience. Because the moment, if, if Evangelion's free on Netflix, it's no longer as valuable in their minds. So it's a personal affront to right. them because like their identity has been devalued right. that way. Um, so we're going to have that until that stops. And I don't know how that stops without us uh, figuring out a healthier way to consume and create and live in a society right. than capitalism. Yeah. Um, or uh, yeah, yeah. So that that's my long answer. It can happen. It just it's it's going to take a it's complete overhaul take a, it's take a of of Western yeah, civilization. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, yeah. That's, that's definitely a bigger. It's bigger than just within the gaming community. Because again, it happens in comics. It happens in it happens in any kind of like subgroup of anything, which is not great. So yeah, it's a bigger. It's a much bigger issue. But yeah, the only thing that I can say is what you can do, which it sounds like you're pretty awesome is just you know continue to be encouraging and open and open to people that are like super excited to get into this thing that you love so much like anytime i see someone on twitter that i can mutually mutually follow that like it's like watching sailor moon for the first time or watching inuyasha for the first time or watching avatar the last airbender for the first time i'm like i whenever i see that happen i'm like i wish i could go back to having seen those things for the first time and having that same and having that level of like excitement of when the events of the events in those things happen, feeling that again because I, I think it's a cool I, being able to experience that through them is is cool. I love that. But um, I think that's a perfect place for us to to, to end. Um, this has been awesome to be back in back in the studio, quote unquote, with, uh-huh. with you. And hopefully more frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Our schedules board. have been crazy. Um, moved into a house and all this other shit. Life's been crazy. Shift the comic. Finishing the fucking book. All that stuff. Um, yeah, a lot of shit's been going on. And I'm getting married this weekend, which is crazy. Oh my god, I forgot it's this weekend. Congratulations, Thanks, baby. baby. Oh, speaking of seeing each other, though, because we won't see each other this weekend, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. I couldn't make it out there. But DJ will be at Flamecom. So the official announcement of me being a a special guest at Flamecom goes out on the 18th. Um, So you are hearing it here first. I will be at Flamecom as a special guest. I will have a table again this year. Um, And we're going to stay together this year at Flamecom. It's going to be dope. We're going to be, we're going to get fucking weird like we did last year. Me, me and my wife and DJ all hanging out. Good. Like, Good times. Uh, yeah, so come come on by, see yeah. DJ, see me. I'm sure I'll be popping between both DJ's table and Hopefully, Aaron's table. Hopefully, I'm going to shoot um, them an email and ask them if we can sit next to each other. 
It was funny because I mentioned that to her and she was like, I feel like DJ's a guest, so they probably wouldn't do that because you'll be in a different area most likely. And I was like, well, DJ can yeah, ask Yeah, I'll ask them and be like, where, like, where are we going to be in relationship to the rest of the exhibitor hall? Because it's all, it's all that one. Yeah, because if we can sit together, then it's just like, come on by, yeah. see us all. Buy some art mm-hmm. from DJ. Buy some art from Aaron. Don't buy anything from me because I'll have nothing for you except my beautiful yeah, come face. Look at, come look at his beautiful, <laughs> handsome face. It'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's yeah. coming up. Um, I set some things up to start streaming Woo! games, yes. maybe. Um, I've been trying to, not like a crazy setup. I think like I, I eventually I want to have a green screen and then like chroma key myself in. But um, I think initially, at least for a while, it's just going to be the background of um, our messy office. Um, but my plan is, because I thought this might be fun, is to play through all of the games on the SNES Classic. Yeah, that would be fun. Do it. And stream all of it. So um, I have no idea what type of schedule I'll be able to make because my after work evenings are all over the place due to uh, theater commitments. But I will probably start trying to do that. If you're interested, uh, let me know on Twitter. Um, Because I I definitely want to. I want to do it, but I just want to make sure that I'm doing it and uh, people watch it. Yeah. So, so let me know you want to watch it uh, and, and you, that's something that you're interested in. Um, and DJ, where can they find you? You can online? find me at oh hey DJ on both Twitter and Instagram. Those are the platforms that I use the most. Um, yeah, just a couple things. Um, I... Conventions are kind of up in the air. I have a pass to San Diego Comic-Con, but I don't know if I can go or not um, because I don't know if Mm. I have anywhere to stay. Um, At least I don't know if I have anywhere to stay yet. So I'm trying to sort that out. If so, um, I'll let you guys know. And then I'd probably be at San Diego Comic-Con running around. Um, Then I know for sure FlameCon and hopefully I will know for sure New York Comic-Con as well. So that's both later in the year. So that's August and September. August and October, I'll be out in New York for those things. So that's kind of what's on the table right now. Crunchyroll Expo is kind of up in the air. I got accepted to Artist Alley, but I'm trying to see um, what makes the most sense to go to because there are a couple of conventions that are happening the exact same weekend. Um, PAX is also the same weekend, so I might go there instead. So we will see. Um, but yeah, oh, hey, DJ, Twitter and Instagram, that's where you can find your boy. And what about you, boo? You guys get me at Rubots, R-O-O-B-O-T-S, on both Twitter and Instagram. If you're curious about the comedy stuff I do, you can listen to uh, You're Welcome Hollywood. Comes out also every Wednesday. Uh, both both this, both Magical Boys and You're Welcome Hollywood are both on Wednesdays. Uh, so get a double dose of me. And you can hear me do comedy with two uh, cishet white guys. They're such good boys. <laughs> um, They're such good hmm? boys. They're, They're good boys. boys. They're good boys. And uh, I think we, uh, for the most part... I try to, uh, I think we all try to, but try to make sure that we don't get into uh, too shitty of any territory while we're doing that mm-hmm. comedy. Uh, to keep it uh, dope for anyone who wants to listen from any background or sexuality or anything else. Um, and if you, ever, if you ever listen to an episode and you're like, oh man, that wasn't cool, um, let me know so I can make sure that we do better. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's going to do it for us. Um, we love you all so very, very much. Stay magical and we will see you next time. Uh, bye. Bye.